welcome to our humble abode, the FanDuel Thunderdome. On this overreaction Monday, January 30th. Wow. This show starts now. Football. Had an incredible Sunday, didn't it? Or yeah. did it? Uh-oh. Is the question. Obviously, the first game was an absolute blowout. Congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles getting a massive win over the San Francisco 49ers who ran into a buzzsaw named Murphy's Law where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Fred Werner, I think he had his arm pop out of socket. They had to put it back in. That was on, like, the first play. Mm-hmm. How about Bosa literally getting a dude on a punt team, ragdolled, and then cleated in his fucking calf shin area, bruised him, I think, pretty bad. He was not the same player he had been for a long time, and that's because of the first quarter punt that took place. Let alone Purdy losing feeling in his arm because he gets hit whenever he's in the middle of a throw. He's out. Josh Johnson, how much of the offense does he know? Yeah. He wasn't able to really do much. He gets hurt. Christian McCaffrey could throw a ball. Didn't see that till about the fourth quarter. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Now, that leads to an entire new batch of questions. This whole offseason is going to be asking, is Purdy the guy? Can he hold up? Is his body the right body to be an NFL quarterback? Mm. He takes one shot in the biggest game. You see him on the sideline. He's able to throw the ball five yards. not able to throw the ball ten yards. Is this a problem that they're going to see going forward? Remember, the only reason why Trey Lance was traded for is because Jimmy G missed one throw in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G makes that throw in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G's franchise quarterback for the next 15 years talking about that deep one that he overshot by like five or six yards now we have Purdy playing quarterback he's the future we thought that now everybody's wondering are they going to trade for Aaron Rodgers is that team ever going to be able to do it is Shanahan ever going to get over the hump of being able to get past this incredible misfortune whenever the moment is the biggest remember whenever he was with the Falcons taking on the Patriots oh yeah obviously everybody sees about the play calls and Let's run the rock and let's wind out the clock so that they can't come back from 28-3. But how about the incredible shit that was happening on the other side? The misfortune that has been thrown at Shanahan, I think, in some of the big moments Mm -hmm. is incredibly disappointing if you're a Shanahan. Yeah, it's a bummer. I will say, I thought he'd be a little bit more creative. Yeah. Sure. Whenever we want two, three full quarters and, I mean, we're not the smartest batch of humans on Mm -hmm. earth. But the Philadelphia Eagles had zero worry of a forward pass being Uh attempted in the NFC Championship game. And you got a bunch of vets around there. Brandon Graham, there was one play where they were setting up for a a screen. Graham, as soon as he saw uh, Purdy drop back, was like, well, he can't throw the ball further than this. I have a big fucking brain in the screen. He tackled him for like a game. It was they had no shot. Nope. So I thought on the sideline, maybe Shanahan would draw up some stuff where Christian McCaffrey could throw. I assume he could throw a football pretty well. I'd assume that Ayuk can throw a ball. Uh-huh. Maybe. I assume that George Kittle could yeah, maybe swing Debo. a ball. Debo could throw a ball. There wasn't much creativity. Now, I understand that they were just getting punched in the face with bad luck. So maybe you kind of get lost in the sauce of, oh, no, we can't do shit. And you don't really want to drop anything or do anything. But I thought there'd be a little bit more creativity with when you're completely fucked without a quarterback that can throw a ball. How do we at least make the defense respect? that we can throw the ball because if we're going to have Christian McCaffrey who was able to score a touchdown somehow yep. against a 10-man awesome. box pretty much I have no idea how he's able to do it shout out to the offensive line but when there's no fear of a fucking throw at all you're going to get picked apart and they did just that now the Philadelphia Eagles blow out the Giants Mm-hmm. Then they beat the fuck out of the wounded Niners, and they're going into the Super Bowl probably pretty swagged out, feeling damn good, and they should. That 
environment in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They greased up the poles. It doesn't matter. Dudes are climbing right. those things like a stripper on a Tuesday and a Saturday. They yeah. get all the way up to the top of it. They're standing on top. The Philadelphia Johns are going bananas, as they should be. They're back in a Super Bowl just a couple years removed from them being the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old Howie and Lori and the entire squad over there, bravo on turning wow. that whole Good thing word. around. People are calling it the easiest road to the Super Bowl in history. They've certainly made it look that way. And is that because the opponents aren't that great and obviously the Niners are hurt? Or is that because the Eagles are a bunch of dogs? And is this what the future is going to look like in the NFL with Jalen Hurts doing his thing? He is electrifying to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He can make every throw. He can make every run. He's powerful. And he is so fucking cool. He was doing an interview before the game with Michael Strahan. And the way he was talking, I'm like, oh, this guy's a guy I'd like to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what all of his teammates have said. This is our guy. Dad, obviously a football coach, has grown up in a football world. He is perfect for the limelight and for the NFL, and we're lucky to watch him going forward. Now, Devontae Smith obviously didn't catch that ball, and as soon as he stood up and started doing this, I like that they have a signal for that. I like that they've instituted that. I assume a lot of teams have this. Whenever you catch the ball, it's rule to catch. You don't know if you caught it. Go ahead and go give yourself a fist bump over mm-hmm. Sirianni. Go, go give a fist bump. Mm-hmm. Give, give a, hey, it's like a little fist bump, you know, maybe some rock, paper, scissors throws. Just, just, just a fist bump over your head, maybe. And then everybody's going to repeat that. And then what that means is Lane Johnson, with your fucking torn groin mm-hmm. and everybody else, we need to hurry up, get on this ball, and we are putting a playoff. It's not going to be a spike. I think they probably already had a play involved. Whenever this happens, everybody on the team knows that the next play, what we're running, how we're running it, when we're running it, which is right now. And I think Shanahan should have seen that. Yeah. I think anytime humans start acting in a way that they don't mm-hmm. normally or wouldn't normally act you should sense that something is afoot he did not did not challenge that that's obviously a massive play they get on the board quickly thereafter and the game just unravels from there if he challenges that and they overturn it does that change the outcome maybe i mean probably not though very early in the game could have changed the tide and could have changed the momentum but it felt like philadelphia was going to be able to do whatever philadelphia wanted on offense which is kind of a weird thing to me because that niners defense had been what that niners defense was but it's almost like the niners d saw what was taking place on the offensive side of the Mm -hmm. ball and said we can't throw a fucking pass Mm -hmm. we're We're in the championship game playing a great defense we are fucked so there was obviously a couple mistakes in that particular game not nearly as many mistakes that took place in the AFC Championship <laughs> game, though. Over there in Arrowhead Stadium, just days removed from the mayor of the other town in the mm. game, talking an immense amount of shit yep. from his desk, proclaiming a proclamation of who day and how Joey Burrow is the father of Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead is now named Burrowhead in the city of Cincinnati. And it wasn't just him. It was Eli Apple. It was right. everybody on that team, Mike Hilton, everybody on the offensive side. And I think a lot of the shit talk was caught in the competitive atmosphere. The mayor doing his thing really put it to a point where I was like, this is getting real loud, especially with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the boys on the other side of that. Then you get into that game, and we start watching. We're like, here we go. This Kansas City Chiefs team is who we thought they were. And we saw a stat on Friday that Patrick Mahomes, whenever he has to throw 90% of his passes from within the pocket, they were 10-0 going into the weekend. So everybody thinks the showtime, Patty Mahomes' magic is something that Mahomes needs to be successful. And I think stats and our eyes from this past weekend prove that that is not the case. If Patrick Mahomes... 
has to be a boring-ass quarterback and just go through his reads and stay in his pocket. And if that offensive line is able to protect the way they were able to protect last night, which Patty Mahomes had nothing but time, nothing but complete opposite for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. That offensive line that was retooled and put into place for the Buffalo Bills game with a bunch of snow on the ground. So the D-line, who didn't have Vaughn Miller, didn't have as much, you mm-hmm. know, maybe traction or get-off. That offensive line was exposed quickly. Five sacks, I think, in the first two quarters of that game last night. That's not a winning recipe. That is obviously problematic. On the flip side, Patrick Mahomes had all the time in the fucking world to do what he wanted to do and he's obviously able to make every single throw with a full ankle or not a full ankle he did have some moments where he was limping around he did extend some plays and make some incredible plays including that last one where he ran in osai who is obviously out of texas in his second year last year he gets drafted in the third round tears his meniscus in the second preseason game he's out the entire year this is pretty much his rookie year he has done great things for their team for this entire year he did great things in that game last night mm-hmm. that was definitely a late hit out of bounds the most impactful late hit out of bounds in the history of our sport probably especially when it's patrick mahomes and with the way these refs have been calling the game all yeah. game which oh. is a lot of flags that was an obvious call now osai also hyper extends his knee and rolls his ankle at the same exact time and kills a guy on the sideline mm-hmm. who's a part of his team all things went bad there for osai in a matter of i don't know what 1.8 seconds probably yep. look at his ankle and his hyper extension of his knee that is disgusting to what Mm. That angle turned sideways. The fact he was even able to walk out of there, he is very lucky. He was clearly out of bounds. They call it even if you're still in bounds. Quarterbacks are still in bounds, and they're looking to go out of bounds. So I saw some people saying, he hasn't stepped out of bounds yet. It's like, you don't watch football then. This is how it's been all year, especially with a quarterback, especially with how that crew had been calling the game, which is flags everywhere, which leads us to our next point. Congrats to Kansas City Chiefs. Congrats. Here we go. Talks to tables here at Boss Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Don. Cowboys turn Diggs is here. We'll be joined by Adam Schefter in about 19 minutes. Ian Rapport traveling to the Senior Bowl. We'll catch up with him later this week. We're also talking to Drew Garrison, who is a blogger for the Cincinnati Bengals, pretty much. He's been on the show before because he cut a promo in his basement or in his room. I forget what it was. That was electrifying. Cincinnati Bengals fans are calling the NFL rigged louder than everybody else that has been calling the NFL rigged. And this is going to become a problem, especially when all eyes are on a championship game. That first game, the NFC Championship, obviously everybody had plans on Sunday to watch both, ga- both games. They lose both their quarterbacks. That game gets it going how it is. I think a lot of people kind of drifted away from their TVs, sure. yeah. and they thought to themselves, Joey Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are going to be playing. I'll get retooled for that particular game. I don't know what the ratings are going to be. I assume it's going to be bananas. Oh, yeah. I assume it's going to be near 50 million people. 50 million people started watching and questioning every single thing those refs were doing because that's how poor the fucking refs were. Now, obviously, you talk about the way the game ended with a punt, and there was a potential block in the back with a big return, then the late push, and that's 15 more yards, and then the third and nine that they had to redo mm-hmm. because there was a back ref and a wide 22 version that you see definitely come running in moments before the ball is snapped, like moments before the ball is snapped because his job is keep an eye on the clock to see if the clock is right or not. So he comes running in, doesn't blow his whistle. Hmm. Come on. Interesting. Because the NFL and a lot of people are showing, he definitely ran in. He definitely ran in. It was like, did he, did he blow? Too cold for the whistle. Did he blow his whistle? Yeah. Is it, did you? Did Cat get your dunk? What, what, yeah. Why didn't you blow your fucking whistle then if you're going to do that? I don't know what the pro, uh, proper procedure is for that. We'll be talking to Gene Sterator tomorrow. Here we okay. go. On this particular program, we will certainly ask all the questions about procedure and protocol for that whole thing. Because could you not, after the play has already been run uninterrupted with no whistles, and they're not able to pick up the first down, now it's fourth down, which is a fucking pretty meaningful thing, turn yeah. of events there. Could you not fix the clock afterwards because you didn't stop it? 
it. Instead, Ron Torbett, who is not necessarily the greatest ref in the history of the NFL, he was in the Super Bowl last year Mm -hmm. when the Bengals played against the Rams, and Logan Wilson in the fourth quarter late gets a phantom P.I. from that crew. I don't think it's the same crew as Ron. Ron was certainly the head ref of that crew, but it all kind of ties in together. That third and nine situation certainly warrants a lot of question marks about why the fuck is this how you guys decided to figure this out? But on the flip side, it feeds. It absolutely pours gasoline onto the fire of the NFL being rigged and wanting Patrick Mahomes and a new dynasty back into the Super Bowl. Andy Reid taking on his old team, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Kelsey Bowl happening. If you start thinking about how great it is to have the Chiefs and the Eagles because the Eagles had already been decided, so if they're just booking this in real time, once the Eagles go in, boom, we need the Chiefs to go in, and they're purposely fucking the Cincinnati Bengals, you can start putting some things together where you're like, I could see how that could be the case. With that being said, the amount of people that would have to be in on it and the amount of money that all these people would have to be paid would have to be so astronomical that they wouldn't tear down the entire league. There's only like 20 states or 17 states that have legal sports gambling, and that's where everything revolves around. All the people that don't maybe gamble, all the people that just know of legal sports gambling or what sports gambling used to be, their first thought is, oh, this is crooked, this is corrupt, this is this, because you have the Black Sox that happen in baseball. You have college basketball things that have happened throughout the history of college basketball with one or two players being in on the take, and you have the ref, Tim Donahue, whenever he was refing for the NBA, who was in on it. So there is certainly examples of this in the past, but the NFL, if they wanted to just throw away their league, when there's only like 17 states that have legal sports gambling, when there will be at least 47, I think, Utah's never going to get it. Nope. California and Florida are going to be tough. It's going to take a long time. But I think that's... Kind of open season everywhere else. Yeah, there's like 46, maybe 47 states are going to have it. So you would have to think that the NFL was so good at business that they would want to rig the games to have their big superstars in the games. But you're not giving them credit to be good enough for business to have the forethought to maybe wait a couple years Mm -hmm. whenever there's a lot more money on the line. I just think the amount of people that would have to be in on it and the amount of money that people would have to pay, and obviously this is too reasonable to even say this to anybody on the Internet, there's, it, that's just an absurd way to think. I do think, though, we have a massive officiating issue. Yeah. I think refs suck. And I, not all refs. There are some refs that suck. And they shouldn't be in playoff games. Why are they in playoff games, especially when there's only two games and there's going to be 50 million people watching? That's a great question. We've been talking about the officiating stinking for a long time. Yeah. I got tweets from a lot of Ohio fucks over there in Cincinnati who are diehard Day fans and Bengals fans. Why don't you use your platform and why don't you try to make the NFL better for once? Why don't you not candy coat it, not dance around it, not be the fake funny guy that you are, and why don't you call it the NFL for officiating? So this morning I dove through our Twitter account and we've literally been talking about this since 2018 mm-hmm. about how full-time refs optically would just look much better to everybody because you got part-time refs and they're not full-time refs there's a chance that they could be maybe swayed by somebody outside the nfl since they're not completely committed to the nfl there's a chance that somebody outside could get a hold of them now i think they get paid well but what is well 
What is the line? Especially with how much money is potentially being made off of these games and off of these deals and off of these advertising deals and the sports gambling and everything right. like that. What is good money in comparison to? So you make them full-time, boom, we can eliminate that distraction of potentially getting swayed elsewhere. Like all politicians, because they don't get paid enough, mm -hmm. so they're easily swayed by big pharma, right. big right. gas, right. fucking alcohol, right. tobacco, right. whatever. You can get named into it. That's where all the money comes from because they're able to be swayed because they don't make enough Compared to who? They don't make enough in doing their job, so they're easy swayed. So it's like kind of a little bit of a battle optically to watch and say, yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's not. With the NFL, the officials not being full-time. And the officials being terrible at what they're doing. And the way these games are being scrutinized at a different level because how big the fucking league is and how many eyes are on there. And with all the money coming in with us putting our actual money on these games now legally, it's going to get called into question. Tone Diggs, you put a tweet out last night that I loved. I didn't just enjoy it. I fucking loved it mm -hmm. because it was a hilarious take. And obviously, you got attacked and bamboozled oh, yeah. about it, but we will talk about the reaction to your tweet afterwards. But your tweet is a very real thing. What Tone Diggs tweeted was he understands the fact that there's people that think it's... No, you said that you love the fact that there is people that think that the game is rigged. Correct. You also love the fact that as soon as you read that, you can tell that the person who wrote it has no idea what the fuck they're talking Correct. about. Could you please elaborate on that a little bit, Tone Diggs? Basically, basically what you just so eloquently said is what I was thinking too you have to for the nfl to rig a game everyone has to be in on it right like play, you've been in a locker room aj's been in a locker room aq's here d butts here none of you guys have ever heard anything about any rigging any coach pagano coach who pagano is, yeah. who's up top okay like there's no way that you could rig an nfl game and make sure the outcome that you want happens strictly by a ref or two. Like, there's no way that can happen. And to your point, there's so much more money to be made in the future. Why would you do it now? So you're saying they're great business people. That's why they're rigging games. And they're classified as entertainment. I don't think that's happened since 2015, but they were classified as an entertainment. And that was their way, being good business people, to get out of having fucking pay taxes. Right. So, like, people are... All the claims about it are that they are good business people. Mm -hmm. This is Vince McMahon. This is WWE trying to flood the numbers, trying to make the best games possible. It's like, okay, so you're saying they're incredible business people that only care about the bottom dollar. Well, they haven't been able to be the tax-exempt crew since 2015. That whole thing changed. And if they were this great of business people, why would they ruin it now as opposed to the big fucking cash cow that's coming? But with that being said, the reason why it's being talked about is because how bad the fucking sure. refs are. Yeah, exactly. And we don't wanna, I don't want to go through every take we've ever had about officiating in officials. We think there's a couple easy fixes. Make them full-time. That yep. sky judge that they're using, but uh, are they? Much? Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I mean, no. Devontae. How about whenever they, the Devontae thing, obviously, quickly that gets going, should have certainly been stopped. And there was that one view where it was clear that that ball was moving. Oh, yeah. Should have been stopped in real time. It wasn't. But there was also a time where Zach Taylor challenged something. And then they, before he challenged, uh, we had further discussion and we that don't yes. think it's there. Right. Bengals fans don't remember that, that the NFL actually stopped them from using well, one of their challenges. Down. Yeah, whenever he did the little pitch yeah. thing. Yep. They stopped the Cincinnati Bengals from using one of their challenges and just overturned the rule in real right time. Away. I think they should be doing more of that. Oh, yeah. I think that should be a part of it. Yeah. And I don't think that fucker should be in New York. I think that person should be on site yeah. and set them up with a place where they have all the review. Put them in a truck. Have them have their own fucking truck in the back where they have all the cameras. Make it be somebody that's young. No offense to the olds out there. I think the youngs are much more used to using things quickly, whether it's video games, cell phones, fast forward, rewinding. We're using those on our phones every single day. No offense to the olds. I didn't think you had the opportunity to do that. A 
although you do have things that you are better at, I believe when it comes to modern technology, a lot younger people probably better at using it more efficiently, quickly, and in real time without choking, because this thing all has to happen mm -hmm. within 25, 30 seconds if it wants to go right. I think the XFL had a great version of it. They had a guy on an Xbox controller up in a booth looking at the review, fast forward, slow-mo, zoom in, able to control it Perfect. in real time talking to the ref. Hey, that ball was actually out of his hands. It's going to be a turnover. Ball's on the 34, first down Dallas or whatever. And we heard him say that. Yep. And then the ref literally said, okay. And I don't know if they alluded to what everybody just heard. And maybe the crowd in the stands couldn't hear it. But the ref said, uh, the ball was out. It'll now be first down, whatever. It was just like so quick, so efficient. It's like, here's the answer. Allow technology to help these refs because we all see something in, what, 8,000 frames a second is yep. what 8K Multiple is? Multiple times. Is that what it is? 8,000 yeah. frames a second? Is that what 8K means? That's a good question. That's what I thought. It might it be 16,000. Uh, that's, pix that's pixels. Frames. Oh. Not frames. Whatever it is. Yeah. 8,000. We get to see something picture perfect in the slowest of slow motion. Human eyes can't do that. When they can, I will attempt to get the surgery. <laughs> I assume everybody else will. But what these cameras can do and the angles mm -hmm. these cameras have, the humans on the field with whistles in their hands cannot keep up with. So let's marry the two. Let's allow there to be a net for these refs to fall upon. Let's have a sky judge that is young, maybe ex-players. Make this a pipeline for ex-players to get into. These are all things that we've said in the past, but now that 50 million motherfucking people all saw the same thing last night in the NFL... Uh, hashtag NFL rigged was trending on Twitter with 27 to 28,000 tweets about it last night like this. NFL Twitter was live until 1, 2 a.m. this morning yeah. because everybody was talking about how bad the NFL's refing is. Now, they're using it in a version of which the refing is uh, so terrible that it has to be fake, has to be cooked. Mm -hmm. And I just I, I feel bad to tell the people this. Some of these refs just suck that fucking bad. Yes. Bingo. And I think that's a tough thing for everybody to kind of get over, and I think that's reality. Now, we had a bunch of tweets and uh, I, that got sent to Tone Diggs after Tone said, like, hey, you, come on. If you actually think it's rigged, you don't. And the reason why we're leading off of this, because this is a real thought. Yeah. And this is a real problem the NFL has. It's loud. And I don't know if the NFL knows this, and I know there's some people that watch the show in the NFL offices, and we're being accused of a lot of things by a lot of people on the Internet for not talking about this, even though we have hammered this home a lot. This is a real problem the NFL has to fucking fix. Cannot have the N people thinking the NFL is rigged because of how terrible their officials are. Fix it. Here's somebody responding to Tone Diggs after Tone Diggs said, like, you don't know football if you're saying the NFL is rigged. <laughs> the entire internet was saying the NFL was rigged. Here's B Park. LOL, you guys make millions of dollars by getting your fans to gamble on ship that's scheduled and set up and produced like a Marvel movie. Of course you're about it, Big Tone. Here's another tweet that came in. Here's from Summers. <laughs> Freemasons and Jesuits clearly been fixing games for decades. Y'all just too lazy and gullible to do any research. Come on. Clown is what Summers says to you, Tone. Here's another one. NFL is already staying in court there in the entertainment business, not sports business. It also doesn't have to be everyone in on a rig, just a select few people. Okay, so those select few people have to be at every single game and every single team and every single official crew, and then those select few people have to be quiet, what, forever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't understand how that would happen. Here's another one uh, from Lance Rothger. Kelsey Brothers and Andy Reid facing his old squad. Players in no way involved, but the NFL and the refs know when to make the right calls. Complete opposite, I think, Lance. They don't know when to make the right calls because they don't ever make the fucking right calls. Yeah. I think everybody's saying these things because they're giving the refs too much credit. You guys are acting like these refs would understand how to fucking rig a game. 
Sure. And I know Tim Donahue was able to do it in basketball. It's much easier. Because literally in basketball, you accidentally, boom, boom, foul, yeah. two shots. There's mm-hmm. two points. You're literally putting two points on the board. And there's a couple calls that you can miss. The Devontae Smith one is certainly one that we can look at directly. And I guess the Aussie... That was actually a good call. Yeah, that's a penalty. That hit. was like a clear penalty, yeah. and I, that puts him in field goal range. So I could see how if you if that was closer, if he was sure. still right. in like still in the field of yeah. play, and he pushed him, and they called it, which they probably would have. That that crew was flag happy. They yeah. thought everybody was watching them, not the game. You know, they wanted to be a part of the game. It's championship game, mm-hmm. and we got to remember not all these refs are built for the moment either. No, not all these refs are built for the big stage. You always talk about players showing up or not showing up, and we. I literally watched a video of me saying this from fucking three years ago. Nobody ever talks about the refs, like, getting nervous and choking in the big moments and accidentally throwing a flag whenever they probably shouldn't have thrown a flag, but they throw a flag, now we got to stand on it because they're not ready for the big moment. There's just so much that goes into it all. If we were acting as if it was rigged, we'd be putting more faith in these refs' competence, and I don't think we should be doing that. It's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Tony, you took some shrapnel last night on the internet, as did I, because we're corporate sellouts. We would like to remind everybody, we pay the NFL. Yeah. Four and a half million dollars to be able to use footage from their games so that we can run it during this program. They don't pay us. The NFL does not pay us. They no, no. used to. Hey, didn't they? When I was kicking those balls. Oh, yeah, they right. did. Yeah. Yeah. Damn mm-hmm. right. Insurance is out. Yeah, I found but- that out in middle of pregnancy with my wife. That's yep, great. Uh-huh. It ended. So before that. <laughs> so the NFL is actually fucking me, too. I mean, with this five-year insurance thing, uh, it kind of stops in the middle of a pregnancy. That's, a, that's an interesting mm-hmm. That's an interesting PR thing that if I really wanted to, I think we could probably make some noise about, about what, how big of a joke that is. But everybody was accusing us of being in, in bed with the NFL. We literally fucking, we, we started the PAFL this year mm-hmm. because we were battling against the NFL. We pay the NFL. They don't pay us shit. Now, we do cover the NFL, and that's how we make our living, so we're very lucky for the NFL. But to act as if we would not be ones that would call out some bullshit, I lost every fucking bet yesterday. I lost every single bet mm-hmm. yesterday. You don't think I'm fucking pissed off? But the reason why I'm pissed off is because of how bad the refs are, yeah. and I think that's our different view as opposed to a lot of people on the Internet, and that's mostly because of all the people we've got to meet and be inside of it exactly. and see operate and chat with some of these refs who are fucking up these calls. Connor, I'm sorry. I went on quite a long rant there, but the Internet was alive last night, and I didn't think it was possible for me to respond to everybody going, how, 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 Bingo. how. How, 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 well. how, how, how. I would have had to do that 27,000 times. How, 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 how. Tell me how it would be set up. And then think about any human that you've ever met ever on them being able to keep a secret for the rest of their fucking lives. Maybe some people would be able to. Hey, maybe. 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 May- and I'm not saying that there hasn't been these types of situations in the past in different professions, but with 50 million eyes on the product, if you were going to run a racket, do you know how tight and dialed in everybody in that piece would have to be? And you don't think that maybe there'd be other money options for them to go tell their story about everything that's going on? Yep. It's just, it's wild, and it all revolves around the NFL's officials fucking being terrible, some of them. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Most Some of them. A lot of them. Yeah, majority. And Aaron talked about this. All the good refs get fucking plucked exactly. to yep. TV because they get paid more money. Because of money. Which yeah. is exactly what we're referring to for making full-time, making a job that's worth you know, being desired almost and wanting to have. So we don't have to do this every single time. 
But honestly, the officiating sucks, and it got put in the spotlight last night, and hopefully it'll lead to change and be an advocate for change. Well, and it has to be talked about. It's not like we could, you know, do this show and not address the massive elephant in the room that is, you know, those refs did kind of steal moments of the game. I mean, the third down was the big one. A lot of people will talk about the unnecessary unnecessary roughness at the end of the game, but that was a clear penalty. But you're mentioning 50 million eyes. There is billions of dollars being, you know, gambled on these. Games, so that's a huge part of it. And then to not disrespect, but like the idea that these players on teams that are helping rig these games would, you know, willfully go out there and lose on purpose. Like if you're telling me that they're just telling the quarterbacks or the head coach of this, like how can you process the idea of the most competitive humans probably on the? And maybe we just don't get it. But maybe. granted. Th- the man that's speaking right there thinks birds are fake. Exactly. True. And I think a lot of stuff is fake. So I, we are open to conversations. Yeah. We are open to thoughts and theories. But in this particular one, business-wise, makes no sense for the NFL. Why wouldn't you wait until you get 40-some uh-huh. states on if you really want to? Like, why wouldn't you wait? And also just logistically. Logistically, how does it work? And then once you start thinking about that, I would like to see, because maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're completely wrong. Maybe. But logistically, it would be so much trust, silence, and execution. And I think you're giving humans way too much credit for all those things. Also, I mean, realistically, like, if it was rigged, like, you, they would set it up so that the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl every single year. Like, that, they have the most fans. Oh, they tried, the didn't States. they? Right? Yeah, exactly. But also, to your point, like, <laughs> these, these are supposed to be, like, all-star crews. Yeah. For these bad. games, they don't have enough good refs where they can even pull together like an all-star crew. Like it's ridiculous. And again, going back to this, if you try to argue with anyone, if someone lands on this line, like you're yelling into a void. Like nothing you ever say is going to change. If you come to the conclusion that NFL games are actually rigged, it doesn't matter what anyone is going to say to you. Like you're not getting off that point. Now, my question was: If you know the NFL is rigged, why does it make you so mad? And why don't you just gamble on the side that you know it's going to be rigged for and make all the money in the world? Yeah, so then we'd be working a, a worked system. And joining us now is a massive clog of the entire system. Oh, yeah. And has been for a long time. Excited to get his take. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider for ESPN. I think a few months back he signed a big deal. Oh, big old Future deal. referee deal. And that's because he's a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Schefter. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Pat. Hello, man. How you doing? Hey, Chef. Go ahead. A little off center here. Do I have to adjust the camera? Yeah, like, which, which, oh, no, which no, 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 no. You're right. There we go. Okay, there we go. Hey, we had this with Lou Ann Rumo last week with the <laughs> camera centering thing. Nice to hear that the Cardinals are interviewing him. We will certainly get to that and other breaking news. But I kind of want to wrap this one up from your standpoint of it, because obviously you've covered the league for a long time at many different levels, and you're connected to so many people there. You know, the NFL has a real issue right now, and it's what they're officiating. So much yeah. so, especially with sports gambling coming into the world, world that there's a large hey we don't like covering every conspiracy theory we're on an internet show so that's where a lot of these things cook Twenty-eight thousand tweets last night i think within the first hour after the game hashtag nfl is rigged nfl rigged is trending or whatever mm-hmm. and it's all because of how bad the officiating is Shefter, your thoughts on this and how they can make it right and is the nfl rigged shefty and don't lie to us <laughs> <laughs> well pat breaking it's not rigged. No! Put it on the, put on the ticker. Yeah, yeah, put it on there. Not rigged. Adam Schefter's reporting it's not rigged. Okay. Now that doesn't 
mean there isn't an issue. There's an issue yes. with the officiating. And when you speak to people around the league, they believe it's as bad as it has been in a long time, maybe ever. And if we go back to the one game that I think of is the Seahawks-Rams game, final regular season game, where the officials missed multiple calls that potentially influenced the outcome of that game. Now, Seattle won. Seattle deserved to go to the playoffs and good for the Seahawks. This is not a knock in any way against them. But we basically outlined all the calls that the league missed in that game because it shaped the way the playoffs yes. came out. Yes. And if they had made some other calls and the Rams had won, um, it would have gotten the Lions in. And I can tell you this, the Rams were not happy. The Lions, Lions. were not happy. Other teams were not happy. And guess what? I think the league office themselves, if they were being honest, was not happy with the calls in that game. And after that story ran, and we ran it on that Saturday countdown on ESPN.com, I can't tell you how many calls I got from people on other teams saying, you didn't go far enough. Yeah, hey, Shefty, what about our game whenever this? What about our game whenever this happened? It's a real problem, Shefty. Everybody's got their own issues and complaints with the league. They've called the league. And so what do you do? Honestly, I don't know that I'm smart enough to tell you. Like, that would be a better Dean Blandino question. But I can tell you I've heard a lot about training the officials, the pool of officials, the way they're assigned. Like, I mean, there there are all sorts of issues here that they need to go over. And this sport, there's so much money involved. Somehow, there has to be a way to have these officials, who, by the way, Pat, have a very tough job. Yes. Very hard to do what they do like people think they just see these calls and it's amazing that they get so many calls right but there's a lot of things that the league needs to address there the competition committee needs to look at and i think that that area is going to get some very close attention this offseason okay that's big news actually that last sentence you said certainly big news and i think nfl fans will be happy they have to do something they have, have to. to right they it's bad to, hey they... nfl is rigged is not a good thing for anybody to see on their twitter as soon as they open it especially after the biggest day championship sunday now first game was obviously a blowout a lot of injuries we'll ask you about all that here in a second but that joe burrow patrick mahomes game happening this is 50 million probably is what the oh, number yeah. is going to be oh, yeah. 50 million people watching and then what's the reaction Action to the game. It's not, oh, Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. How about the shit talk between both sides? The, the talk afterwards is these officials have to be working in unison with the NFL and the sports gambling companies to rig these games. Like, that's not good at all for anybody business-wise. Hopefully they will be able to fix this. For a long time, I've been considered a hater of the official community, and some officials do not like this program because of how much I have chatted about it. Now, I think there's great refs out there. A lot of them have retired and moved into TV, but it is a real... I think anybody that's ever played the game, and these are people you talk to, played the game, coached the game, or been in there, have seen it like, hey, these refs have a lot of say. There's a lot of plays. There's jobs. People are fired. There's players that never have a career because of some calls. Like, these refs have a lot of power. We should treat that as such. And I hope the NFL is able to do that, especially with what took place yesterday, Shefty. There's a lot riding on their calls. You're right. It impacts careers, families. Cities. States, the franchise. It's it's incredible. And it sounds overstated and a little bit dramatic, but it's true. It's real. Yes. Like, these guys make calls – that have that much influence. And so it's really important that the league does everything it can 
to try to make it the best possible situation. Why don't you tell them to do that, Shefty? I got a bunch of people tweeting me saying, why don't you use your show and use your platform (laughs) and try to make change? Pat, the league knows. The league knows it has an issue on its hands, and the league knows it has to be addressed, and the league knows it needs to do better. Look, this is a league that's always trying to do better in areas. It's always trying to find other ways to make money, to make the game That's more popular, to make it... You, you think they're just ignoring the fact that the officiating, in many instances, has been substantial? There's no way! They're, they know it! And if they're being honest, they really know that something has to be done this offseason. Now, I don't know that they can correct it just like that. Like, Take complaints are an age-old issue. Like, I remember... When I was working in the league office, like Monday morning, every head coach calling can play. Like, you know, everybody's upset about something. Oh, it happens all the time. Oh, I didn't know you worked in the league office. Of course you would say it wasn't rigged. <laughs> of course you would say it wasn't. No, we're joking. Yeah. This is literally what people would take from that, though. That is what the internet is. But it's because the officiating is such an issue. I, just like you, agree. It'll probably take three to five years. I mean, that's a full. Mm-hmm. You have to get people in there. You have to turn it over. you got to be able to do your thing. We've brainstormed it a lot. And all year, it hasn't been as terrible. There's been, you know, new. Last year, maybe two years ago, every time we came into this studio on Monday, it was a cook of some referee, yep. some officiating crew. This year, it hasn't been like that. But in the biggest yeah. moment, with the most eyes, it shows up when it shows up. It certainly happened last night. Let's move on. Chef D, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Obviously, we saw some moments there where he looked as if he re-aggravated it or injured it. He finished the game. I think Hembo and ESPN Stats Department had a stat on Friday that when Patrick Mahomes has to throw for 90% of his passes from the pocket, they were 10-0. Probably make that 11-0 now. I haven't done the stats. He's unbelievable. What do you think this two-week period does for his recovery? It feels like that Chiefs team needs it bad. Oh, yeah. No, you, did you see the way he was limping off the field at the end of the game last night? If they had to play the Super Bowl next week, I don't know that he'd be a full participant in practice all week long the way he was this last week. But, look, he's going to be out there for the Super Bowl. He'll be certainly healthier than he was in this game, I think, although he certainly looked like he aggravated it a little bit uh, during the course of that AFC Championship game. And Matthew Hasselbeck made a great, great point on Sunday Counting yesterday. He said Patrick Mahomes has to play like he's 40 years old, not 25. He has to just sit back there and rely on his abilities to make these throws, not try to run around and make things happen, not try to be Superman, but to be Clark Kent when he's out there. And I think with the way the injury has been, he's going to have to probably continue to do that. Now, it's possible 13 days from now he feels a lot better, but I I don't know that that'll be the case. I think he's going to be struggling uh, with this whole thing going forward. I just texted you back. You said you needed five minutes. Yeah, I saw that pop. I just saw that. No, 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 no. We had agreed twelve thirty, and I was on the phone like that. So I was texting you at about twelve twenty-seven. I'm like, hey, can you give me an extra five minutes here? But they all good. Hey, well, we, I apologize. I didn't see it till now. I just want to let you know. We're saw good. it. Gave him a thumbs up <laughs> while he's talking. 100% my fault, Shefty. Uh, I, I assume that was an important so call. So we're texting as we're talking. Pretty we're good. like, that's really, truly multitasking on both ends. Hey, this is the future here. This is the future uh-huh. of uh, the world, the planet, and hopefully programming. Mm-hmm. What was it, breaking news, or are you trying to find seeds for a news? Just basic conversations, everyday conversations, Pat. Mm. 
Oh, Connor has a question for you, Mr. Schefter. Yeah, Schefter, how did the Kellen Moore to L.A. Uh, kind of job come together? Was that always assumed he was immediately going to get hired as either an O.C. or a head coach, or did that just kind of happen overnight after he got let go? You know, I think they had something in place for a while, and my understanding is is that when you know Mike McCarthy talked about Kellen Moore's future last week, like this was a mutual kind of thing where Kellen Moore – I think was looking to break out on his own as much as the Cowboys might have been interested in making a change. And I think he just felt like it was time to make a change. And obviously the Chargers have been out there looking for an offensive coordinator, need somebody to help groom and continue to improve. Justin Herbert made sense for both sides. And so when they officially part ways uh, yesterday, which was coming anyway, then obviously it sets things in motion and paves the way for him to go to Los Angeles. Did he interview anywhere else or was it always going to be the Chargers? Well, it, I, he was officially let go. So I don't know that he actually interviewed anywhere else. Like they were talking to other teams. The Bucks. There were other teams they were involved with, but I think the Chargers were the ones that he was most interested in. Tyshman. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if we had a coach, if we had a coach, maybe he becomes coordinator for our coach here <laughs> in Indianapolis. Speaking of Indianapolis, Ty Schmidt has a question for you. Yeah. Shefty, uh, you reported on the Rogers situation and I know you have a lot of sources, obviously, but I well, didn't you, know you guys have, you guys have a really good source there. Hey, on one side, uh, I yeah. feel like you have the other side. <laughs> it, exactly. Uh-huh. And that, that's why I didn't know uh, how much of that is kind of your just own personal thoughts on it, punditry, if you will, how much of it's inside information. As it stands right now, we heard that the uh, the Jets, I think it might have been in an article you posted, the Jets, in terms of looking for you know a, a veteran quarterback, have their eyes set on Garoppolo, Rodgers, Derek Carr. They're going to do work on all three. But as it stands right now, what do you think the percentage is that Rodgers actually does get traded potentially to the Jets? Or the Colts. You, you, know, you, you sound a little bit like all the Jets fans uh, that surround me that text my phone all the time asking, are we getting Rodgers? Are we getting Rodgers? Are we getting that, that is a question that I answer all right. the time. Here's what I would say to that, I think. I, I, I do think that the idea of this trade is a real possibility. Um, the man is that punditry? Hey, hey, is that punditry? Because anytime you give an opinion, this is how we have to view it as the rest of the world. Schefter knows everybody. Yep. Yes. So when Schefter gives an opinion, it, whether it's a source, like, hey, breaking sources tell me, or if you're giving an opinion, which you're great at, by the way. I think you do great. I think you do both very well. You should maybe look in the mirror and congratulate yourself on that because you're not just a fucking plug robot. Yeah, I think you do. But whenever you say some stuff as a pundit, I believe, especially with the way some internet and some Twitter sites work with aggregating information, we all assume – Boom. That has to be coming from a very solid piece of information because you're Adam Schefter. So it's almost like your resume affects your punditry a lot because we assume everything you say pundit-wise is coming from the resume that you've built with direct information, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I, I guess, look, no here's the thing. We, we don't know how the Rogers situation is going to play out. Uh, all I can say is there are enough people – who think that it's a real possibility that he's going to be traded this offseason. I mean, th- there are people who do think that that's going to happen. Now, again, for all we know, the two sides are going to sit down and they're going to figure out something and they're going to discuss a way for both sides to move forward together and he stays in Green Bay. Like, that's possible, but it's also possible that they sit down, have the talk, both sides are open and honest with each other, and both sides decide, you know what, 
there's a window here to make a trade happen with the way the contract is structured. It would take place this year, and this would be the time for everybody, for as much respect as both sides have, to move on. Now, again, when you bring up the Jets, I believe, I believe, like I said this on countdown last week and all of a sudden it becomes a report. Adam Schefter's reporting yes. the Packers will only trade Bingo. Exactly. in the AFC. Like I'm talking just like I'm talking to you. Yes. Right? And so I said that I believe and there are reasons I believe that it would make the most sense for them to trade him in the AFC. That would be the more likely path if that's what both sides decide. And I still believe that. So if we go through and look at the teams in the AFC. What would be potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers? Raiders, Colts, one, Jets. And I'd say, and I'll throw another one in there. Where's he building a home? Well, he has raw, raw land, land in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, he does. That's interesting. Oh, well, everybody has raw <laughs> land. Hey. This happened a year ago, Shefty, but you're right. So in the punditry thought, you said you have your reasons. Is that just because competitive well, football no, reasons? No, no, no. So again, I, I just think the AFC makes more sense. Let's go back to what happened with Favre. The Buccaneers were interested. The Jets were interested. They preferred at that time the Packers to deal him in the AFC. I believe the same thing if they go that route, if they go that route, would happen again. So... What are the places that would be in play? And I think that all those places that you just outlined all need a quarterback, all need to upgrade at the position, all would be in the market for a veteran. Yep. Why would any of those teams not have a discussion with the Green Bay Packers about trying to make a trade happen? Okay, so let me just ask, and I know you only got a few minutes left, so we appreciate you taking time out of your Monday, very busy Monday, to join us. You're the man for that, and we should remember that going forward. I hope everybody does. Shefty is not, has zero reason to do what you're doing right now on this particular program. <laughs> so those four teams from all the sources, let's take punditry hat off. Let's take source breaking news uh, hat back on here. Do you know anybody in those organizations? And are those organizations gearing up potentially for an Aaron Rodgers on, in the trade market world? Well, I, I guess I would say this. Uh, if you're a team that needs – see, I like, I like to just kind of be very uh, – you interpret this how you will. Uh -huh. If you're a team that needs a quarterback and you're not doing your due diligence on Aaron Rodgers, then your team is being negligent. Oh. Okay, so every team is yeah, in yeah. Uh, Carolina. So Colts are in. I heard Colts are in. Carolina, maybe. NFC, you can't do it. Yeah, well, and, but he said that's just thinking. Yeah, I mean, team. you don't know how that whole thing goes. Uh, last question here as we let you go, and we can't thank you enough from Tone Diggs. Yeah, Shefty, um, Chiefs <laughs> yes. are very banged up at the wide receiver position after yesterday. Yeah. Is there any early indication on what's going to be Super Bowl status? And Lane Johnson well, and, and the Eagles, just as a whole, Super Bowl injury situation. I, I, I just generally operate like if the guy finished the game yesterday, he'll be good to go. Lane Johnson, you know, that guy is a warrior. No. I can't imagine that anything would sideline him, so he'll be out there. Uh, Juju was questionable return. I would imagine that'll continue to be the case. Tony was ruled out rather early. Um, McCole Hardman, was he ruled out? I don't remember. But look, I, I don't have specific answers on the wide receivers right now other than to say the extra week will probably be very good for everybody. It'll go a long ways towards helping them to be able to play on Super Sunday. And anybody who can be out there, 
in 13 days is going to be out there. All right, real quick roundup here. Panthers hire Frank Reich, kind of came out of nowhere. It's happened. Yeah. Let's move on. Cardinals bringing in Lou Anarumo after a full day with Sean Payton. Sean Payton yeah. allegedly out of the Denver Broncos sweepstakes, and he tweets, I think I'm still in mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos sweepstakes. Colts don't have a head coach as well. Houston Texans allegedly with D'Amico Ryans. What are you hearing, and when does the next shoe drop, you think? Well, D'Amico is the most logical guy, and that seems to be on a path to happening. That's up to the Texans to close that out, right? Um, his wife is from there. He played there. That's their preference of where to be in Houston. For Houston not to get that done would be, again... So Texans. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it, it would be an upset uh, if they didn't get it done. <laughs> so so uh, he is the front runner there and has been the front runner there, and it's up to them to close it out, which I don't know why they wouldn't, but... To your point, Pat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's pundit hat, pundit hat. We got a, we got pundit hat. How right? about Cardinals and, that and Broncos? Us, and that, that leaves us with Indianapolis, Denver, and Arizona. Um, Arizona reached out this morning to Lou Anarumo, so that would tell you that they probably don't believe that they're going to be in a position to close on Sean Payton huh. uh, because they wouldn't be making other calls and reaching out to other candidates at this point in time if that were the case. Now, where they wind up, I don't know. I think Brian Flores would be outstanding. I think Aaron Glenn would be outstanding. Luana Rumo would make a lot of sense. They have some guys that obviously would be pretty strong there in Arizona. Indianapolis, my read on this, my read, Pat, I'm not reporting this, but my read on this is that the owner really loves the Mm. interim head coach, my former TV colleague, the guy that I love, Jeff Saturday, a just tremendous guy. <laughs> and I think they just keep bringing in more and more people to see if there's anybody else that the owner would like more than Jeff Saturday. So, hey, here, hey, Jim, let's try Shane Steichen. Hey, hey Jim, this guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jim, let's try How Wake Morgan. Hey, this guy this can guy. play the guitar, Jim. Yeah. Hey, Jim. What do you think? Look, look at Giro Avero. Like, look at all these guys, Jim. Like, we got some really good cats. I know, but, but I really like Jeff Saturday. Pars, Jeff. I really like ring, Jeff Saturday. Ring of Honor, brother. He's in there. One and seven. The guy loves the show. Right. And so, now, Pat, now where that's going to wind up, you tell me. I don't know where that's going to wind up. They don't tell me shit anymore either because I get on this microphone and give the Colts the most amount of exposure, which also means when things go terrible, have to talk about that as well. So they don't tell me shit about it. But it does seem as if everybody's talking about Jeff Saturday being the front runner for that job. The Broncos' position now, it was fascinating because they have Russell Wilson. Now, league sources have told me, okay, and I am not Adam Schefter, but I have some league circles. Uh, league sources have told me that a lot of people are not blaming Hackett for what happened in Denver. They think that Russell Wilson was nowhere near the Russell Wilson that Russell Wilson is normally. Whether that means he was out of shape, out of sort, whatever the case was, Nathaniel Hackett didn't really take much heat in league circles for what t- uh, took place in Denver this past year. That's why he gets mm-hmm. that job so quickly in New York, because a lot of people around the league are like, that was not Hackett's fault. With that being said, who's going to be able to come in there and get the most out of Russell Wilson? And do you think that they'll utilize the fact that they're the wealthiest owner in the NFL and there's no salary cap on coaching? That's why everybody thought Sean Payton was going there immediately, and then that kind of cooled off. What are your thoughts there? Uh, well, the first thing when you bring up Hackett is, the first thing that pops into my mind is uh, uh, – Hackett's good friends is good friends with your good friend. And so there's a lot of good friendship going on between a lot of people there. That's number one. 
Oh, you're uh, saying Aaron to the Jets because of his good friend. Okay. I'm not saying. Oh, there's a pundit hat, pundit hat, pundit hat, pundit hat. I'm just saying that, you know, I know everybody loves that. They hired Hackett because they wanted Hackett, but Hackett is good friends with your good friend. So there we go. So whatever, whatever that's worth, it's just, just pointing that out. Now, what the Broncos do, Russell Wilson, look, Russell had an off year. I don't know why that was. Like, he was not what he wanted to be. He was not what they wanted him to be. And that is the biggest issue for this franchise going forward, making sure that Russell Wilson could get back to being a great quarterback, which he wasn't last year. So that's going to oh. be on everyone, be on the coach they hire. Money, yeah, I, I thought that this team um, from the outset would be ultra, ultra aggressive and take big swings. And let's look at all the people that they spoke. They spoke to Sean Payton. They spoke to Jim Harbaugh. What? Uh, Numerous Demico, times. Hey, they just reached out to him again, right? That's what I heard. They, 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 they met with him again last week, again, uh, in Ann Arbor on Monday. Oh. And so. Uh-oh, uh, Michigan. Uh-oh. Well, the facts are the facts. They met again, and I think not, no deal materialized, and both sides went their own way. Okay? But I, they hadn't met in person. They just did a virtual call the first time, and so they wanted to meet in person, see what it was about, and for whatever reason, they decided not to get it done. And so I think Denver's shown that it's willing to swing big. I think it will continue to try to swing big, whoever that is. Um, we'll see what they're going to do, Pat. No, you it have an be- answer. It's right there. I saw wow. it. It was sitting in your mouth. <laughs> it was sitting right there in your mouth. Who You think Sean's coaching next year or no? You know, I'll tell you one thing. If If the Colts can bring in Jeff Saturday to be in. Why can't the Broncos bring in Pat McAfee to coach right. up? The All right, Shafty, we idea. appreciate you, man. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for joining us. Have an incredible Monday. You're the man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate having me. Anytime. Would like to let the world know that I texted him at like 1140, just like an hour and 14 minutes ago, saying, hey, will you stop by? You said you got it. We appreciate the hell out Legend. of you, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Hey, get the officiating fixed, Schefter. Ladies and gentlemen, Figure Adam Schefter. Figure it out, Adam. You, you make your feelings known. I think they heard you, Pat. Good. I've, I've been doing it for four years, though, Shefty. It's yeah. been me yelling for four years. Running up the ladder. You know what I mean? You, you used to work here. Someone's, someone's listening. I got kicked out. You got kicked out. You know, that's the way it goes. That is the way, especially when we start to pause a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Schefter. Yeah, Shefty. Ladies and gentlemen, it's college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, NFC champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, father of 10, A.J. Hawk. Yay! A.J., congratulations on having the right on the Philadelphia Eagles. And although we weren't able to go back to to back back with the Super Boost, it leads up that when you're – we're due – to hit in the Super Bowl, sure. Super Boost, which we are excited for. What are your thoughts on yesterday's matchup? And obviously, everybody in Ohio is thinking that the NFL is rigged because of what took place last night against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, not Burrowhead, like your Cincinnati mayor was proclaiming in his proclamation, AJ? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume, I don't know as much rigged as people think they got screwed. I haven't heard as much like, hey, this is rigged. It's all set up against us. But they think, That's why does this have to happen to us at this moment and all okay, of that? Just the internet. Okay, but, okay. That's just nice. noted, no, yeah. Hey, noted, noted. Jot yep. that down in the, uh, in the ticker. In actual Ohio, not a lot of talk about rigging. No. Internet Ohio, very much allowed. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if rigged is – if they say we got screwed, is that the same as no. it's rigged? No. 
Well, screwed means that somebody, it could mean you're getting bamboozled. It could also mean that somebody fucked up and screwed you. So yes. I think rigged is just one particular way we are getting bamboozled. We are getting hoodwinked. We are getting worked. We are everything like that. I think that is in the rigged world as opposed to the screwed world, which is a more broader description. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, the refs suck. They've sucked for a long time. This year, they didn't suck as bad as much, I think. We didn't talk about it as much. It wasn't an every-week convo. But with 50 million eyes on Joey Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, that was a lot of people's takeaway afterwards was the NFL has such bad officiating that it has to be good. They have to be doing this on purpose. The NFL is rigged. Obviously, we covered this in the first hour for a lot. You were not here. If you'd like to give your take on that, feel free. Our big take is how. Just tell us. Tell us how, how would that be happening? And also, that would mean that the refs are smarter than I think we should be giving them credit for what we watch every yes. single time. AJ, your thoughts on yeah. this whole thing? I think a lot of time we give too much credit to humans and their ability not only to keep a secret, but also to formulate a plan and somehow execute <laughs> that plan that, that it would be to rig an NFL game somehow. It's, it's 98, 99% of the time, it's usually just incompetence or ignorance someone makes a mistake, they're human beings. So that's what I always point to instead of saying, hey, they had this master plan. They're a genius. This is a TV or, or a movie right here. And this guy is just such an absolute genius pulling all the strings behind the scenes. Okay, so here's the deal. We just pulled off a little bit of a kayfabe. Yeah. We just pulled off a little bit of a work uh, on Saturday with mm -hmm. the Royal Rumble, okay? And now obviously there was speculation, a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people thought I was going to be in the Royal Rumble, a lot of people thought that I was going to be there. That was not figured out till late last week. I mean, that really came together pretty quick. Not that there was any bad relations or anything, it's just like my schedule for the last five months and everybody's schedule, especially in WWE, is great. My wife's pregnant with what the schedule was, there's no bad beef or anything, it was just like, I don't want to have to train enough to be able to go into that Royal, do you see what Logan Paul and Ricochet did. Do you see? What, what do you call that move? Do they call that something? So I think it was supposed to be a, a springboard double cross body, kind of, is what I was actually, as it was happening, and that's not necessarily my angle in the commentary world is like angle. being yeah. the, the guy who knows every move and everything mm -hmm. like that. But after it happened, I said, what the hell <laughs> just happened? And then in my head, I was trying to answer. I was like, well, it was a springboard. And then I believe it was a double cross body but one was going for a clothesline i think ricochet was going for a cross body okay. so it was a little bit of uh i think that's why the hit was as impactful as it was nonetheless unreal fucking unbelievable yeah. it was yeah. the iron lotus it was it, so sweet basically mm. all right yeah sounds like logan's gonna announce a ufc fight as well too coming up i saw that with joe and dana white just did something and then logan reposted it logan is an impressive i don't know if uh everybody was watching the royal rumble uh, obviously, not everybody on earth was. I don't know what the numbers were. It's not going to be a <laughs> But as Logan Paul was being talked about, he got a little bit of heat whenever he came out. He had just come back from a torn ACL because that, unless that was a work, I don't know. That would have to be a big secret. Wait, but, how long was he out with the ACL? Uh, I don't know. Four months, maybe three months. Yeah, he heals fast. He heals fast. He's, he's, he's got that Wolverine blood, man. Well, like he, Mahomes, he, he thanked God for healing him fast. Look at this shit. That's got to hurt, man. Yo, because I think Ricochet, Ricochet, I think, was going for the cross body. I thought he was dead. Foxy? Yeah. Mm. He certainly Let's was. Let's do that one more. Let's do that one would more. They, is that something you could ever even practice? Um, I, I don't know how or why you would. They certainly oh. probably I, – I they didn't know it was coming, first of all. 
Now, there might have been a thought that Logan Paul, while he was Like, would training, this ever come up in a training session? I'm not saying they practice it, but say they're training, they're, they're sparring. Would perfect. it come up? Are you insinuating this is rigged, AJ? Yeah, that would be no, disgusting I'm saying, like, what you, you always, just did. Is that dude it's practice. You always want to practice what you're going to do when it comes to these big championship moments. Piper is not out come there on. yet. Piper Tony came out in the women's rumble. Thank you, Foxy. The, um, the, they could have trained. You know, Logan Paul has, uh, he has a couple slingshot-type things that he does and springboard-type stuff. He does a slingshot clothesline that Hangman Page does, I believe. Hell, yeah. It's awesome. I, I got to see it. He did it. Logan Paul did it in the Royal Rumble, literally directly across the ring from me. So I saw the entire thing take place, just like how perfectly landed. An impressive, it. impressive athlete, yeah, that dude. Smooth. Bro, so fucking imp I mean, like, shoot, unbelievable to kind of watch him do his thing. He was a college wrestler, though, right, they say? Yeah, he's got a background, right? In Ohio. I don't know about college. Oh, I, don't I think know he went, went to college. Good for high school wrestler, yeah. for sure. I thought yeah. he had college looks or something. I don't know. Good Ohio high, Ohio high School has some good high school wrestling as well. Well, I so could imagine everything we know about Ohio, we would assume that a sport in which you win by dominating another human being would be <laughs> beloved in the state of Ohio. Fickle. We think that is certainly something that are nonetheless very fucking impressive. But after I saw it happen, in my head I was like, yeah, smart move not to fucking get in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. there, There's That's no way i was trying at the beginning of the season to stay in shape because there was obviously a convo you know whenever uh whenever i had the college game day opportunity literally just kind of pop up in the middle of a week and being such an incredible opportunity i had to talk to the wwe i'm like hey i'm very thankful for our relationship i'm very lucky to get to do this like this has been fucking dream come true you guys have been so cool to me like literally have been so cool to me so like i'm really but like in my world, in our business, you know, that is growing literally at the same time as my relationship, two very different demos too. Like I think our people, there's some that go fuck around, sure. but like whenever I started with WWE, I wondered what our show would like, if wasn't a lot of like W, Crossover. there wasn't a lot of wrestling people coming yeah. to our sports show, you know what I mean? So literally it was two different it was like two different veins almost happening at the same time. In college game day, to the wrestling people, I don't think fully understand what game day is. Like this, this show in the sports world, in football world, like this is fucking, they've won like 30 Emmys, 27 Emmys or something like that. Yeah. This is the show in sports. So like for our sports business that we run here, getting an opportunity to go on game day is stupid, stupid, absolutely stupid to begin with. That's why I did it in 2019. But to have like an actual role in said show, it's like, I have to do this. Like, this is something that I have to do. I got 13 employees. This is our world that we're in, kind of. Have to do it. And WWE was so incredibly cool about it. And I don't want to burn any bridges. Like, yo, know, I, this is just something. And I think, like, Nick Khan, who used to be a part of the sports world, him being over there, especially at CAA, where he was the head of CAA, he, he basically hired every single fucking network, pretty much. I mean, that's... Nick, if Nick... He, he runs a lot. He's, he's done a lot in the game. In he? sports media world. I don't think the wrestling yeah. people know this. Like, hey, Nick is a dog, dude. Like, one wheel of fortune, one wheel of fortune. Really? One wheel really? of fortune you know that? to pay for his law school, goes to law school, becomes fucking the guy in, mm -hmm. the, in the sports agent world. Like, Beast. he's a dog, dude. Didn't grow up with... You know what I mean? This isn't yeah, like different self-made. Yeah, this isn't like uh, like Nick is a dog, and Nick and uh, I wasn't. You know, here's a little shot at Nick. 
I wasn't popular enough to, you know, to get to work with Nick. Sure. Whenever oh. he was in the sports media yeah, world, yeah. you know what I mean? He he had the Herb Streets of the world. Right. You know, all, he's, you know, big dog. I think Greeny. I think, you know. Oh, right. Wow. You know, yeah, we're talking about, you know. So in the sports world, sure. he had, obviously he knew Coonan and the boys that we got the chance to work with that were in his business. But obviously they all reported to him. So he had heard about me. Once he leaves, we kind of, or towards the end of his run there, we kind of befriend each other, start chatting. And I'm, at the same time, AJ, this show and me are kind of, hey, we were kind of on a rocket, huh? For yeah. sure. I I'd mean, say. yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was looking back on it all. I was looking back on it. Yeah. They don't come equipped, dude. But it was all happening real <laughs> quick. So, like, me and Nick got to know each other really at the end of his run at CAA, before his run. At the WWE, but like quickly there, like yeah. quick. It wasn't like a lot of time, and I'd already been in the WWE at this time. So it's a really fascinating, interesting thing. Where who he, you know what I mean? It's an interesting thing. But whenever I talked about game day, I think he got it. He understood it, and I think it was a little bit better. So I appreciate Nick Khan for everything that he has done for me and for that. And they said immediately, uh, Hunter and, and everybody, and Nick and Stephanie at the time were like, you know, Rumble. That's like a perfect, you know, that's like a perfect time to come back because yeah. that's when people come back and it's after college football season or whatever. And I was like, perfect. All right. So that, I actually need something to keep me in shape. I always get fat. Like, I actually need something to keep working out for. And then I tried. I mean, everybody saw me. I was fine. Yeah. Hey, I was getting after it there about week nine. You though. could have done it. You don't think you could have gone in there and, and rolled around for Four or five minutes? I think I could have, but I don't want to disrespect anybody. Dude, there's only, I mean, there was only 29 guys that came out because Ray, where the fuck is yeah, Ray? Is Ray all right? Is Ray okay? I where's don't know. Butch? Is Ray Mysterio okay? Great question. Where's Butch? But, like, there's only so many spots. And when you're yeah. in there, like, there's a lot of fucking danger, you know? There's a lot of shit <sighs> that can happen. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't, so I told them, I think, like, um, I don't know what week it was. Maybe week 14, week 13 <laughs> of the season. I'm like, hey. Just want to let you know, the season's been a grind this year with game day being an extra work day because Saturday became an extra work day out of nowhere, AJ. A big old old work day, too. Earliest work day, too. I'm waking up fucking earliest of the morning. Like, it became the – that was my only sleeping day, really, on Saturday. Yeah. And then it became my earliest and also – and travel. Yeah. Like and all full days work. Yeah. Yeah. Watch so, along sometimes too. And then again, yeah. then the mega cast tonight. Lucky to do all of this. Not like com- this is not a complaining at all. This is just like reality of what the season was. So I told him, I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to be in good enough shape for Rumble. Don't want to disrespect Royal Rumble or anything like that. I'm just letting you know where I'm at right now. I am not waking up an hour earlier any day of the week. To work out. I am not staying up an extra hour every to get an actual workout in that's needed. So it's kind of one of those combos. And they were like, we'll chat later, we'll chat later. We all good, all good with us, we'll chat later. So it was the goal. Royal Rumble was a goal. I wasn't able to keep up with it because of the game day getting dropped in and what that schedule became. So I was bummed, but there was a lot of speculation that I was gonna be there. And I think that's because the combo we had. I'd probably talked to a couple people in the company about and said, like, yeah, this is it. Those people probably talked to a couple people in the company. Those people probably talked to a couple people in the company. So, like, the speculation around me going back at the Rumble was very easy because it was real. And also, you know, like, one person is going to tell one – if one person tells one person. So let's say you have a good judgment on – 
on who is a good person that can keep a secret. If that person doesn't have the same great judgment that you do on who they can tell, that you didn't tell one person. Nope. You told fucking everybody. And that's how humans are. That is literally how humans are. And I am a person, you know, for certain things, I'm like, don't tell me. I do not want, hey, like that thing, don't tell me. Surprise. Like with wrestling, things would be, they're like, hey, tonight, just a heads up. And I'm like, don't tell me. I do not want to know. I'm better in that whole thing. But humans are terrible at keeping a secret. Terrible at keeping something from somebody else. Everybody wants to be a person. I guess not everybody. There's been people that have been able to keep secrets. And I think Michael Cole being surprised on Saturday was fucking was awesome. Incredible. Was fucking awesome. I don't know how that happened. But shout out to everybody over there. KD is a fucking legend. The internet says a lot of things about Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn's been really fucking good to me. And uh, he's the one that set this whole thing up. Had a plane malfunction day oh, of. Yeah. Plane. Almost didn't go. Supposed to fly. Three hour oh, fl- no. Three hour flight down to <laughs> San Antonio. That's a long way down there. The plane that we're supposed to take off on, malfunction. Wing doesn't work. Have to find new plane. Holy shit. Now we're in an ordeal. But if it doesn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So no big deal. Kevin Dunn, while putting show together, while doing all of his thing, texting with me, his travel crew, finding planes. Hey, this one you need to do this. This one you need to do this. We'll do this whenever you get here. We'll put you in the back of this car. It'll have a cop in it. We'll be able to get you to a place, put you in a bus completely uh, this. Then we'll put you in a uh, underneath a curtain, basically, mm-hmm. on a go- uh, golf cart. We'll roll you right up to Gorilla. Boom, we'll intro you. Bang, you're out. It's like, okay, I landed 28 minutes before yep. I was seen at the rumble because the plane delay. So literally plane cars on play uh, on runway to arena stop at bus, have a water. Oh, yeah, 645 <laughs> by that. Time. Oh, okay. Here we go. And then bang right into a golf cart straight over there. Thing off. couple of people go, Hey, Xavier Woods, a couple uh, I think I saw Corbin. He's like that. I see Miz. Mm-hmm. Miz like, what are you doing here? You in the Rumble? Uh, you know, Miz. And I'm uh-huh. like, uh, I'm commentating. I'm commentating it. He goes, okay. And I said, I'm going to bury you. Miz, he goes, do it. Fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. I dare you. I dare you. I'm like, all right, Miz, I don't have time for this. Literally <laughs> go in, chat with uh, Triple H, thank him. It was a big, obvious, Pat, Pat. A lot of people behind the scenes, audio people, uh-huh. video people, tech people, production people. Like, it was a full-on. Then... I, I hadn't seen the arena, obviously, at that point. Mm-hmm. So when my music hits, I have no idea what's about to take place. Kevin Dunn told me it's a long walk. Hey, it is a long walk out yeah, there. Yeah, it was. He told me, take your time, take your time, but it is a long walk. Do whatever you got to do. So I go through one curtain. I'm like, here I am. No, that was not a curtain. I had to get no. another curtain, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what was on the other side of the curtain. I thought maybe we we're going to go into another little tunnel area. I opened that thing. Oh, we're here. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Holy hell. A lot here of we, people. Here we go. And then obviously, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing, and I'm so thankful for everybody. But that brings us back to the whole point. It is impossible to keep a secret, especially in this world that we're in right now. For the NFL to be rigged 
There would be so many people that would, we would have to trust that could keep a secret, or the NFL would have to trust that keeps a secret. And the fact that I even said we makes people think that I'm working alongside the NFL. We'd like to remind people we are paying them $4.5 million this year just so we can have some video rights to their games or whatever. So it is just something that I think would be very difficult to believe on how the logistically would work out. But the officials are so bad, it's a real conversation that's taking place. Joining us now. Rights for the Cincy Jungle for SB Nation. Obviously a big-ass Bengals fan. We saw him earlier this season on Overreaction Monday because mm -hmm. he lost his mind. It was fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Gares. Yeah! Boys, how's it going? Drew, sorry I made you wait there a little bit. Was wrapping up a story uh, that kind of tied in perfectly to what's going on with the NFL. Are you... Uh, one of the 28,000 strong that was tweeting about the NFL being rigged last night. And how does Cincinnati feel about what took place in Burrowhead, uh, Kansas City yesterday? I am actually in the minority. I've been taking bullets for like 15 fucking hours because oh. I was not blaming the officiating for the the game being lost. Wow. Um I, 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 I said oh, you can acknowledge bad officiating and you can acknowledge the Bengals missing opportunities. Those are not mutually exclusive ideas and people lost their shit on me for it. Now I'm a fat bitch that shouldn't like the Bengals and I should go be a Steelers fan. I'm getting fucking killed over oh, here, guys. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're slaughtering me. Well, it's real, though, and it's uh, like <laughs> I think it's a, an actual issue. If you think about this from a reasonable human being's mindset. Yep. I think obviously you're not going to be a, But now that people are able to bet on it, AJ, and now that people have their actual money on it, especially in the state of Ohio, which I think is going to be a big-time state oh, yeah. for sports gambling because not only the amount of teams, but the way the humans are constructed in Ohio, I think are going to love having a little bit of extra work in, on the action. I, I think that's going to be something. The NFL's got to get it fixed. Cincinnati's probably going to be the face of it this particular offseason. Are you proud of that or not proud of that? I think you guys had a fun just like in the Super Bowl, we're right there. Yeah. We're right there. And if it's rigged, Drew, if it's rigged, the NFL's done pretty good for Cincinnati or no? See, I, I, I took a lot of heat after the Super Bowl because I personally feel that the NFL wanted the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if it was rigged, but I think that that was the result they wanted. And that, that hold on Logan Wilson was horseshit. But when you look Valid. at it this way... I. I'm not proud because we're all crying ref and this and that, but what I am proud of is the fact that it's going to shed light on the fact that NFL officiating needs fixed. I watch this show every day. You guys have talked. They need to be full-time. We need an on-site field uh, sky judge. I, I agree with all of that. I just think this is one of the worst instances of the officiating being so bad on such a huge scale that they're going to have to really dial it in, and if the Bengals are part of that, that's great. But at the same time, I just... You, you talked a whole lot of shit for a week. And hey, your mayor. Upset. Uh -huh. That was your mayor. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, not my mayor. I don't live there. Oh, shit. Smart. Okay. I live in, I live in Miamisburg, Ohio. I'm about 45 minutes north. Oh, so that isn't your mayor. You're on the outskirts not having to deal with that mayor's particular problems, except for in this particular case. Yeah. Well, it's some intern I wrote that shit is what happened. Some intern wrote that. That dude didn't know. What no, was this going is a part on. of the problem. Hold on, we can get into this problem about the <laughs> old. Still read it. Yeah, well, the olds trusting. This is a big thing. This is a social media person, <laughs> yep. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We've yeah. talked about this. The social media youngs, okay, who go to social media degrees. Of course. They tell these olds that are scared to death. Right, scared to death, mm -hmm. but understand it's a necessity. Don't want to waste their life getting to understand it and learn it. Although I think they should and could pretty quickly and easily, especially these super 
I don't know about this mayor, but the super successful people. This is happening across the board. Here's a great example of in politics. Somebody said that was younger, smarter, understands the game, probably the way that's the way it was being presented. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this. And do you think I should do this? Yeah, I mean, did you see some of the numbers that some of these other crazy engagement? I mean, it's good engagement. <laughs> and the people of Cincinnati are going to feel like I'm one of them. It's very relatable. This is what other people are saying. Like the way that whole thing was presented is a, a great depiction of the issue that is currently taking place yep. with social media and olds who have a lot of say but don't want to have the time to invest in social media. Nonetheless, he fucking he got dunked on by Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. I wow. mean, and why are we mad at that? We shouldn't right, be. This is my thing. I love. I are love they the mad? Who's fans. mad? Nobody's. I, no Ohio people fucks are, pissed are mad. People were pissed at Travis Kelsey. People were uh, pissed at no. Travis Kelsey last night. No. Cincy. AJ. New Ohio. AJ, what's uh, going on? What's the guy on? supposed to do? Michigan. Why, we, we talk about irrational. Your, people have irrational fandom. So how do you expect them to be rational in moments like this when you sure. lose a big game? Okay, Honestly. I can respect that. But Ohio, I guess we'll give them a couple of days to see if mm-hmm. yeah. we'll give them a couple of days to see if they respect it. I want to ask Drew though, like for real, how how pissed are people at the mayor? I understand player like the Chiefs didn't need any extra motivation. All of this, they get paid a bunch of money. They're going to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But it does do something. It, it does feel pretty damn good for a team like the Chiefs to be able to do that as the game goes and. Looks like you're going to win the game. Like It does kind of bring a team together sometimes when they do have a mutual hatred for something or a storyline that is out there. Like How pissed are people around Ohio, I guess, at this mayor? I've seen a lot of people really pissed at him, and I've seen a lot of people saying he didn't line up and play it. It doesn't matter. But my whole view on this situation is mayors chirp from differing cities before the Super Bowl. Hey, blah, 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 your barbecue sauce sucks. Hey, your chili stinks. That's cool. That'd be fine. We've got an elected official talking about grown man being another grown man's daddy yeah. like that's where it I mean, becomes good, too far uh, and that's where it gets too loud i mean pretty pretty i mean pretty good shit talk from like business owner in cincinnati like you yeah, know sure, if sure. this was mattress mac coming Dang, out right or ruby is ruby who's that is jeff ruby is that the steakhouse yeah guy? yeah jeff ruby steakhouse guy great steaks he's right great steaks yeah. and the herb street roll was a great sushi <laughs> roll there but that's from cincinnati is, is that guy not from cincinnati yeah, Jeff Ruby. Yeah, oh yeah, he he's Cincinnati at the core. He's got a big bus that pulls up before every game. You know he's there. So if he stands on top of that bus in front of his steakhouse and says, "Patrick Mahomes' father is Joe Burrow," like I think we all go like, "Oh, <laughs> got it." That was sweet. Completely <laughs> different. Yeah, I think completely so. different. I think the mayor though is like that. This is the mayor of the city yeah. saying that. And that if you win though. Man, this is once you come into the NFL, this is kind of how everything is in the NFL. Welcome, Mr. Mayor. If you win, all good. Yeah, he knew it. You lose. Yeah, he's mayor for life, then. You lose. Oh, the worst. He's going to have to resign. Forever it's going to be like <laughs> yeah. that. That's the NFL. Might have to get impeached. Well, I don't know. Might hey, I don't know if you can do that from out of town, but somebody in there is going to have to write a strong petition letter. He did say, yeah, deserve that. Congrats to Kansas City on a well-fought win. And good luck in Arizona. Proud of our fans and our bangles uh-huh. for the energy all year. <laughs> Who day? Hey, shout out. That a baby, Mr. Mayor. Good luck, Mr. Mayor. I appreciate you, Drew Garrison, writer for Sports Nation. Do you have our SB Nation? Do you have a uh, do you have a podcast we should be promoting, or are you all uh, written word? Uh, I do a lot of written word and uh, a lot of just being a complete dumbass on Twitter for um, twelve hours a day or so. Sweet. Yeah, you can find me at Drew Garrison. I say a lot of shit that you'll probably not like, and we'll have a lot of fun. There we go. Old heel Drew Garrison. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Garrison. Thank you. So I thought he was part of the whole 
I mean, I love talking to him. Ladies rig. Oh, Brad's here. Yeah. yeah. That was a miss. I mean, he's a good conversation, though. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. But he's speaking very reasonable. He is. I thought we had a chance to get somebody on there to turn our, you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe oh. it is Ray. I, I, I was hoping to, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, you can but, see, though, didn't, can't you see how, I guess, people can come to that conclusion that, hey, something's up here. Something's up. We talked to Schefter. He actually broke the news on this show that the NFL is not, not rigged. rigged. Mm-hmm. He said breaking. Oh. He actually did the full, yeah. the full thing. Um, yeah. But, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the teams that are in the Super Bowl. Let's not talk mm-hmm. about the things that are hopefully going to get fixed this offseason and have been a problem for a long time, and I'm happy they're getting spotlighted because the game will be better when it gets fixed, and that means more fans, what? more money. Right. The new salary cap has been uh, given. Okay. 224, 228. Four. 224. Holy shit. I think. 224.8 maybe? 220. Wow. 224.8. Yeah, there it is. Boom. 224.8 million dollars is the salary cap moving forward. It was projected to be at 20, 220. It was previously at 210. COVID had a little bit of a plateau, but the NFL is doing what every other part of the NFL is doing with their salary cap and taking that song bitch this way. And that's why whenever you're able to sign a contract for fucking 10 to 15 years for your star player, you can just kick that money down the line because 25, 30 million dollar cap hit means a lot more right now than it will 10 years from now when this thing's up over $300 million, yeah. which is certainly coming in the very near future. Congrats all the players Let's and go. the NFL, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, so last year, what was it? I believe, is it up 16 mil from last yes. year? Is that right? Yes, 210. I so, think, no, four, uh, 208? Was, yeah. 208, oh, I think yep. it was, right? So if people don't, like, any, let's say someone doesn't know anything about football, teams have $16 more million per year, right, to spend on their players. Bingo. Now how you would explain it to people. So mm-hmm. yeah, that sixteen million dollars you can do you can work a lot of things if you get sixteen mil extra, let alone when you have to go back and restructure things and put bonuses in and take it out of salary. So it gives you some more wiggle room to continue to kick that can, as we always say. Bingo. Cash over cap, where you do a signing bonus, and then that signing bonus is prorated over the duration of the entire contract. So if you want to pay somebody a hundred and fifty million dollars. You give them $100 million up front and put that thing for 10 years to be split out. That's only a $10 million hit each year as opposed to what it would actually be with whatever if you were only put that in as a salary. It's just – it's a little bit of a – it's an ability to work the salary, uh, salary cap. Some teams are doing it. Every team is going to have to start doing it going forward. But it also means how much money is in the NFL and coming into the NFL. Speaking of this particular thing, and you talk about contracts going up in $16 mil, uh, million more dollars for teams to pay players, I think the NFLPA, who your brother-in-law is seemingly attacking in every single fashion, which I respect – I would like to let you know, I respect, please tell him I respect it. I do not have a good relationship with the NFLPA. I don't think I know anybody that has any business sense that has a good relationship with the NFLPA, but they have a tough job. They got to do what they got to do. I've never been there. I've never been in a meeting. I've sat through their meetings for us, but I've never been an active participant in the NFLPA. I think Adam Vinatieri, um, nominated me one time i think if i do recall because he knows how much i hate it and they asked me like in the team meeting it's old school union stuff if you'd like to nominate a representative now please and somebody goes i'd like to nominate and then they say it and then he asked do you accept the nomination and then that's when the voting process happens at the very end i think i was nominated one time i said no i do not i do not why would do not want to do that and that's in front of the whole that's, uh-huh. a, that's quite a scene, you know. What yeah. I mean, that, that's quite a that's an awkward moment there, AJ, isn't it? 
That's a very awkward moment. Uh, I've, I've seen some big-time players say absolutely not when they've been nominated <laughs> in the room with the whole, everybody there. Oh, okay, good. So I'm happy to hear that that happens on a regular basis, it sounds like, in your case. Because- and then they usually use that platform in that room to stand up and tell you what they dislike about the PA as well. So I would do that in the question-asking part. And I do know that asking questions in these meetings, normally not the right play. But I think there was num- like three times I asked questions. Good, qu- good, hey. I'm not wasting everybody's time here. I just would like everybody to hear, you know, what is happening mm-hmm. and why this is happening. I didn't sign up for the NFLPA the last, I think, two years of my, de- uh, my career. Hell yeah. Just because I didn't want to go in the fucking meetings. I don't want to hear the bullshit. <laughs> I don't want you doing my shit. I don't, like, stop. They gave away, like, my fucking, um, there was a boomstick run that was happening here in Indianapolis. And obviously, Kyle, athletic trainer, in the whole room while I was training it, you know, they were talking about when they knew I was healthy again was the sound of, mm-hmm. that's how we knew when you're healthy, how, how far along you were in your rehab process. And that was the goal we were looking for because we were obviously working inside because the way the weather was, so you can't, the ball hits the roof. So they were judging off of like sound almost, like, hey, oh, we're close, mm-hmm. we're close. We're back or whatever, and the name Boomstick got dropped. And I believe this was before Baseball Guy was using it. It came from that movie, fucking uh, way like uh, there's a movie where a guy says, "This is my Boomstick. It's a double barrel shotgun. It's fucking huge or whatever." Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. There oh. it is. So that's I think that's where it came from or whatever. So like Boomstick like is what I started referring to my right leg as. Right. Boom. Mm-hmm. Boomstick and a peg. Okay, this one ain't worth a fuck. This one is the reason why I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, that just became a thing. There was Boomstick merch. And then the NFLPA just sold the rights to me, Boomstick, and everything. This, I was selling this off my Twitter and working my own merch company. Sold it to Fanatics, I believe, whenever they first came into the NFL. Huh. And we were making like, I was making like four bucks a shirt or three bucks a shirt or something that they were selling. They and they were marketing for? it in like, they were, I think 30, 25, 30 bucks or whatever. Right, more than that. And they were, I think it was like three bucks or $2.50 a shirt or whatever. And I didn't even get asked about this. This, this shit just started getting marketed on my, like I started, I'd open my phone and then boom, get this. And assume you'd be happy. They thought you'd be happy. Hey, Pat, we got some extra money to, to put in your wallet. That's what they thought. Yeah, but that's a terrible deal for the players yeah, to agree, agree. to. That's they, they didn't expect a player to say anything, but obviously. Let alone like me doing my own shit and having my own merch company and that whole thing, you know, and just kind of doing the internet because that's what you do on the internet. It's like, if I was to agree to that deal with my own company, like I would hope that my employees would say, hey, Pat, fucking quit making decisions for us. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first look at like, why would you even agree to that? Like, that is a bad deal for the players. That is a – I'm in the merch game. I'm getting fucked in the merch game right now because I'm new to the merch game. But I know that that is not a good deal. Like, that is, that is a bad deal. So then that made me start, like, actually looking into other things, deals that were being made just for deals to be made almost, it seemed like. And i just been pretty against it for a long time. And your brother seemingly hates them – brother-in-law seemingly hates them as well, publicly attacking them. And I think the thing about it is, like, putting a cap on how much of the percentage of the cap the quarterback makes is probably going to be something that they should look into because whenever they raise the salary cap and there was a floor level that you have to spend this amount of money, that just meant that the quarterback salary got bigger and everything else kind of adjusted too. I think they should look into that going forward in the next CBA, but I assume they've already thought of that, A.J., over there at the NFLPA. So you're saying the quarterback contracts – 
can only have like a maximum percentage of the cap per yeah, team? I think they should be in their own world. I think you should get slotted yeah. in your own world. Like, hey, this is the new number that the best guy – now, their agents can negotiate what that number is, and that would be different, mm-hmm. I guess, for the world. Every other quarterback that doesn't have Mulligetta – yeah. yeah, as their as their negotiator will be happy if he's in there, but I think there should be like uh, they should be in their own, like almost like coaches, like hey, whatever the fuck you want to pay a quarterback, yeah. whatever you I would mean, like to pay a quarterback, don't even count it. Go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? It's going. I mean, you're right. Like when owners are sitting there and they're like, hey, what do we what do we think like uh, a top three quarterback is going to get paid ten years from now? It has to be crazy to think what that money is going to be. But that just if you're the NFLPA, you should be thinking, oh, there's also 52 other guys on the roster yeah. that are also going to have to get paid. So maybe but we they should- say, eh, we can fill them in with anybody. We don't care. It's hard to find stud quarterbacks. And I, you know, I'm you know what? You guys kind of have a point. Agreed. The NFL saying that we completely agree. You got to look at it from their point of view. Like, yeah, they're gonna hey, we're going to pay a quarterback whatever the fuck the quarterback wants to help the rest of the players. There should be some sort of, you know, if you're looking out for the rest of the players, I guess you could say, well, they're trying to they're trying to limit how much money quarterbacks make. It's like, no, 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 we're trying to unlimit it. Yeah. We're trying to Mr. Unlimit it for you guys. I think that's something you got to do. Well, and when they do make those changes, like you're talking about, for the other players, like they tried it with the vets. It was like, okay, hey, we'll raise the vet men. But instead of that helping any of the veteran players, it was just like NFL teams decided, well, okay, I guess we'll just sign rookies instead of vets because yep. we have to pay more if we have to do that for vets. So it really doesn't make any sense. And for to your point about like Brady publicly saying that, Brady Quinn, remember Tom Brady, after the CBA was signed, actually put on his Instagram story because they signed the CBA, and then the next day was the announcement of the media rights deal for a hundred something billion dollars. And he put at NFLPA, NFL players are ignorant, like they don't understand how this works. Well, and also, I mean, Tom obviously has his own business, runs his own thing. It's like, I think the modern athlete though is going to change it. Yeah, sure. You Especially know? NIL too, right? I think like I think the NFLPA is going to change. I think it can change. I think it will change. I think it has to change. Mm-hmm. But business wise. I think it, 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 it should. And honestly, if you get smarter business people in there at more places, yes. I think things like this cap stuff gets figured out better. And the next CBA should be better for the players than this previous one was. That's what you would hope, at least, because you can lay out a pretty good, pretty good project that the players have held up their end of the bargain. Yeah. The product that the players have put on the field, when every other rating thing is going this way, AJ, everything. Yep. The greatest shows on earth, the greatest minds with the most creativity putting things together, they end up going like this or disappearing. The NFL every year regenerates mm-hmm. new characters, new stories, and the ratings just go like this. This is all they're doing. In a world where ratings are being lost, the NFL is just continuing to climb. Now, obviously, people will say, well, the ratings in 1994, when there was five options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was five options of things to watch. Hey, you either watch this. this you want to laugh? This is what you watch. You want to do news? This is what you watch. You want to do politics? You either watch this one or this one. And they give you all your thoughts. So you can yell at your friends and watch the other one. <laughs> and then that's basically it. Now it's like there's so much shit. So much shit. To be distracted by, mm-hmm. to take your attention from, to take your fandom from. And the NFL has only done this. Do you think that's because the logos? Or do you think that's because of what's happening on the field? I think the players have a good pitch that what we're doing is good. 
Hopefully the salary cap is only going to continue to grow and grow and grow because with sports gambling coming in, which is obviously a big part of the conversation today, and early in 17 states, 20 states, yes, it is business in the NFL is about to be ridiculous. If you're a football player, fucking go, go work your ass off. There's about to be a lot of money available for a long time, I think, in this sport that we call home. Do you think the worry about having the QB being slotted in its own is that that will eventually lead to wide receiver and tackle and pass rusher, like all those high-paid corners? How long has the league been around? 103 years? It's been yeah. 103 years? Yeah. Super Bowl what? 57. Do we take it for granted that the league just continues to get bigger and bigger and the, viewer, the viewers continue to go up? Are we taking that for granted? I think so. I think we all Yeah, are. because we know how – like, think how difficult that really is. And obviously the play on the field is a huge part of it. That's the biggest thing. But I guess how the NFL packages, all of this stuff, I, there's just nothing else on the planet like that. Nothing. Like the NFL to where it's such it's – a, it's appointment TV. You're going to tune in and watch it when it is on live. And there's very few things in the world like that. Now, to be clear, I think there are things that have happened in the NFL that have driven fans away for a bit. Yes. Remember? There's definitely yeah. been things that have driven fans away for a bit. Saw a lot on the internet last night. I'm boycotting. That's I ain't it. watching this I rigged that NFL too. anymore. That's it. I saw it. All right. We'll see. Ty, I saw it out there. I mean, how many people are going to watch the Super Bowl? Every person who said this is rigged will be watching the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. even if your fucking team got screwed over and <laughs> they're not going. Like, you're going to watch Super Bowl. What else? What else? You going to watch fucking Family Guy instead? On Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I don't think so. And to your point about the, like, to marry you guys' points together about the quarterbacks and having their own thing, I don't think they'll worry about it because in five to seven years, like, it is going to be commonplace for guys to be making $500 million quarterback contracts. Like, receivers aren't all of a sudden going to be making, you know, $350 million. Like, they're bent over a barrel and they know it, but the NFL also knows that, hey, if we don't keep having good quarterbacks come in, then the ratings will go down. Like, if we're just seeing a bunch of shitty quarterback play, like, that's really... Now, to be clear, this year, a lot of shitty quarterbacks. For sure, for sure, but I think... Ratings still... But I think there's enough... You look at like the guys who played really, really well this year, and they're the younger guys, you know, like that's the next generation's it, exa- real, exactly. So, like, people are kind of like, Yeah, you know, Rodgers didn't have the type of year that he typically does, and Brady didn't have the kind of year that he typically does. But last year, everyone's saying Jalen Hurts stinks, this guy can, and then you look, he almost wins the mm-hmm. MVP this year. So, like, people kind of realize, Hey, the, they're really like the, the league is in good hands in terms of these young quarterback kind of taking it to the next level for the next 10 to 15 years. That was my big takeaway while I was watching that Philadelphia Eagles ass beating of the Niners, which we haven't even dove into. We need to do that. How about right now? It's like watching Jalen and then the, even the pregame interviews, like the interviews of him sitting down. Oh, yeah. Him talking about the amount of money that's left there. There's a lot of money on the table. There's still a lot of money left on the table, you know? And Strahan asked him about that, and he said, how much? He said, a lot. There's a lot out there. That's like this dude's mentality is that of like a savage, bro. Like this mm-hmm. is his dad obviously being in the football world. He just seemingly has it all. And then as I was watching that, I was like, mm-hmm. you're just saying this about Joey Burrow just a few days. And Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Holy shit, huh? Oh, yeah. The next generation is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next generation is here. The next generation is great. And then I immediately thought of all the, 
the dollar signs that the NFL has to see whenever they see Jalen Hurts in the big moment fucking delivering and mm-hmm. the swag that they have. And then whenever you see Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow, whenever he's talking about the windows my entire career, you can hear somebody fucking at the NFL offices going, yes, Joey. Yeah, you're damn right it is, Joey. Carson was supposed to be you, Joey. Joey. Yeah. There's a lot of people that were supposed to come in and be Joey. Thank you, Joey. And then Patrick Mahomes, we all just act like he's Tom Brady already. Tom Brady at least got some sort of shine for a little bit. I think a lot of people talking about how good he is. Patrick Mahomes got shine for like two years. It's like, oh, this guy's unbelievable. Now it's like, well, we've seen him do better. Yeah. You know, exactly. we, uh, we have seen him. It's like, goddamn, the guy's in his fucking fifth year. I, think. I, don't, I don't even think he's anywhere near the type of player he's going to become. And if he has to become a boring fucking football player, we saw yesterday he could he could do it. Simple. He, he, as long as there's a drop back passer, which Joey Burrow is certainly going to keep alive. How about his fucking wiggle yesterday? Yeah. Dog, absolute dog. But if he has to get back into the drop back passer, he'll be able to kill it. If Joe Burrow has to do it, he'll be able to fucking do it. If Jalen has to do it, Jalen will be able to do it. It's like the future of the NFL Dollar signs everywhere, AJ. It looks great. It's like when uh, I, this, t- this tends to happen where people think like a, a certain generation is out of the league. and Oh, how are we going to replace these superstars? The NFL continues to find a way to keep keep replenishing. I think it's only going to get better and better, too, with how – I mean, I know football is a, in a weird spot for kids. Some people don't want to, their kids playing football young, whatever. Maybe they start them later. But there is way more like high school spring ball around. That's a big deal, all these seven-on-seven seven things. So, like, players – are better equipped at a young age, I guess, to kind of make that leap. Wide receivers, great young in the NFL. Mm-hmm. DBs, great young in the NFL. Pass rushers, great young in the NFL. Yep. Quarterback, great young mm-hmm. in the NFL. That's, I mean, are we... Biggest what, position. Makes the money. There yeah. it is. I mean, there it is. Congrats to the NFL. Go yeah. ahead, Connor. Well, especially with Jalen in the NFC, because like we're talking about Burrow and Mahomes, then obviously Josh Allen, Herbert, uh, Lamar. Like the age, at least in the NFC, isn't even nearly what it is in the AFC. So there's still a bunch of room for growth, and you can argue like Dak, Danny Dimes, for sure. They're also good, but they're not at the level that that AFC side is yet, too. So there's still room for you know more guys to come in, and that's why it's rigged. Let's yeah, go to the phones, the five-hour energy phone lines, 1-833-432-3663, or 1833, the number four, AJ, do you not know the number? So, sweet. so you guys, did you specifically get that? You asked for it? Yeah. Well, we had to That's search. Awesome. We had to search what through. What were some of the other ones? I want to know some of the other ones you threw out there. I mean, I forget. Thunder. Thunder was the first. Thunder one. was the first one. Yeah, that was the easiest what? one. Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, that one. We tried a lot, man. I'm telling you, that it was, was a, taken. It was the a full, name that was taken. It was a full brainstorms uh, sitch that we didn't do before the season started, which should have immediately told us that this was not going to work for the entire fucking year. <laughs> yeah, right. Good point. Yeah, that's certainly good point because we assumed we were just going to keep the same number. When we built studio, we certainly paid and built for phones to work oh, yeah. in studio mm-hmm. because yeah, of course. not only because it's incredible for the show. We've had some of the most legendary moments from callers, and it's great to get another voice in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I like giving an opportunity for people to get some shit off their chest or say something that they need to say. I think it's a cool thing. And also, Five Hour Energy has been with us. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fucking five good hour. people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Five Hour Energy are like good people for us. Haven't been able to do a single thing for it because the phones have not been able to work. Now, now that we've befriended the crows, right? And we think we have the internet thing figured out. Sure. Allegedly, there was a little bit of a, 
uh, kink in the straw that had the uh, the currents running through. Oh, okay. Alleged. How's that happen? Or is it damn? Sure. How's that happen? You I mean, it's that. pretty new, pretty oh, new program too. How's that happening? Oh, uh, brand new. Yeah, yeah, brand new. But anyways, we're able to get new lines in because of a man named Jake, who's a local guy. And as soon as he was like close to getting it done, he's like, hey, we need a number, by the way, we got to put in here. So ZD, myself, Connor, uh, I forget who else was up there. We were just like literally standing. Like I was standing like this for like 10 minutes. It was a major letdown for Thunder. That was like our first one. Yeah, that was. Real excited. Thunder, that's it. And then right back, boom. Has the right number of numbers and everything. And then we check it. And Zito goes, nope. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's perfect. It's like, it's taken. Oh, uh, uh, I didn't even think about <laughs> since the history of numbers starting. Yeah. Toll free numbers, 1 888, <laughs> Since the beginning of those happening, we have to find a new. Someone had thunder. Oh, yeah. this <laughs> is going to be, this is going to be something here. I, I think it, it became a full. There was a lot of type in. Nope. It was, I mean, it was like yeah. rapid fire. <laughs> nope. Thunder. Nope. E- nope. Nope. How about, yeah, how about uh, Thunder 1 or, or how about Under uh, yeah. or, or something like Thunder that? Thunder with a 3 as the E, but actually the E is the 3 in the number and system. The, and then we have full combo. Like, that's going to be tough to explain to everybody. Yes. That's going to be tough to explain to everybody, mm-hmm. too. So that's how we landed on it, AJ. Thanks for asking. Didn't know we are going to have to spend 10 minutes there. Good to know, Good to know the, whole, the whole background of this. Thank you. Welcome to the program, by the way. Anybody mm-hmm. that's watching? Mm-hmm. Are yes. there still 1-900 numbers where people pay money? Yeah. Sexy, sexy voices on the other Yeah, line. I got the porn hotline you call. Some lady calls you and talks about your dong and makes yeah. you feel good. Yeah, my brother and his friends did that whenever we were growing up. And I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't even get to enjoy the her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. And uh, I immediately got blamed. Immediately got blamed for it. Jason and his friends all just pointed right at me, I guess. That's the classic. That about? I, don't know, I got fucking called in because allegedly, I guess our parents found out about that. Very yeah. quickly. Phone bill. Phone bill. $200. Yeah. It was very expensive. Yep. That, those ladies were getting a lot of money oh, yeah. for their voices. Mm-hmm. They're the original voiceover independent contractors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, they were fucking dogs financially, I think. They were oh, really yeah. raking mm-hmm. it in. But I don't know if those still happen. I, I assume it's a different game now. It's all the... Um, I think it's big OnlyFans. It transferred OnlyFans. Yeah, that's, it's everything. Corey Graves, man. You got to have video now, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> Wait, Corey Graves has an OnlyFans? No, he, he made a line about something that... Cole was on his company phone, a site that, <laughs> that was on his company phone. Oh, yeah. Got a big pop out of me. I, seeing Michael Cole again was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Corey, I mean, he, I didn't even get to hear what he was saying during the intro there. He was saying a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was, was not pleased. He was well, not happy. He said he'd rather get a root canal. Yeah, he's barking. <laughs> I watched that back. Yeah. I laughed so hard. So hard in numerous parts there. There was a talks. There was talks. In the um, in the transfer from plane to arena after finding out full entrance, maybe backflip off top rope. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I come in, do the hey, how you doing? Maybe go up to the top, hit a backflip to see if you can do it. You know? What shoes were you Connor cowboy boots. That was ultimately why. And until I got into the ring, was when I. I started slipping. I'm like, yep. Yep, can't do can't it. All right, it. probably shouldn't do that. Probably shouldn't do it. And Connor goes, when, when, was, when was the last time you, uh, you did that? I was like, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I said, but before SummerSlam, the last time I had done it, WrestleMania. That's right. So, so, you know. Two for two. Bat a thousand here. Yeah. yeah, the one before that, NXT. Didn't really. So. And the ropes weren't slippery. Yeah, SummerSlam, a little bit of slickness up there. Yeah. How was the Alamo? 
so big. Yeah, the place is huge. Did you remember? Well, I didn't stop by the actual Alamo. You don't have to remember if you never forget, Tony. Bingo. You're right. Thank you. Well said. You're a true patriot. 51,000 people. Yeah. Well, they say the biggest live gate for the Rumble ever. Jesus Christ. How long was the total show from start to finish? Seven hours? Seven? Seven to six, uh, seven, eight hours? Yeah. Was it one of those? Oh, nine, yeah. nine, I, ten I hours? Mean, the, the post uh, match. I was giving out, dude. I was giving out. I, I, was, I, I, had, I was trying. I didn't know. I, I think, you know, first conversation, thought it was just men's rumble. Mm-hmm. going to call. I let off the night, too. Then, like, offered to – then I was offered to call the whole thing. I'm like, yeah. Like, Might fuck yeah. yeah. Also, I haven't done this a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta commentate the fucking Mountain Dew pitch black match. Oh. That was first sick. ever. Gotta do it. Yeah. Oh, Who yeah. ended up winning that one? I didn't see the end. Who ended up winning that one? LA Knight lost. Yeah. That's his, uh, he lost to. What? How do you have, how does he lose? Wow. Dude, because Bray Wyatt's a sick uh, son of a bitch. I'm not 100% sure how LA Knight ever lose. Do you see the way that guy looks? Oh, yeah. Get him on the mic, too. Are you kidding me? The way he talks? Mm hmm. I thought he would maybe never lose. Um, he lost bad, quick. Yep. And, then, uh, <laughs> and then afterwards, mm. I mean, there was a table blew up in the middle of that match. Our, yeah. our commentary table did. I think LA Knight's dead. What? We haven't heard from him. Hadi, uncle. Yep. Uncle Hadi. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, He's a scary son of a bitch. He is. I don't, know, I, didn't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It appears, I don't know, we're up over Bray Wyatt's fucking shoulder with his sweet top hat. Yep. Yeah, had to be, I don't know, what, 200 feet up there? Yeah, yeah at least. I didn't know he could fly. Dude, fucking. For stingless. Boom, yeah. elbow through. Blows something up. Yeah. LA Knights rolls into the fire. fire. Yeah. yeah, dead. Dead. Not to match. I mean, it so, lasted so long, too, because they just wouldn't stop fucking beating up Kevin Owens. Well, that, that, oh, dude, that's Ty's guy. That's tough to dude. watch. Hey, bro, that was uncomfortable in there, man. It was. There was 51,000 people, like, dead quiet. Just. <laughs> I heard people, Come on! People were crying. I wouldn't doubt oh, it. Oh, no. There yeah. was a, a very, very audible fuck, fuck you, Roman, Roman chant <laughs> happening. And Connor obviously caught that on tape or on, not on tape. Yeah, oh. on tape. Yeah, Phil. big VHS. Same thing. Connor caught that on the cloud. Mm-hmm. You know there what I mean? Is. Connor caught that on his big cloud. And, uh,. <laughs> It was a moment. Joining us now is a man who I believe was surprised as fuck. The voice of the WWE. This oh. is quite a surprise. As was to him, I believe, me being there on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, future Hall of Famer, former war correspondent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, voice of the WWE, Michael Cole. Yay! Hey guys, clap for yourself. Smart. How you doing? Uh, always. I have to sometimes. Yeah, surprises. Dude, that's the understatement of the year. Yes. I, I mean, come on. I talked, I, I spoke with you a number of times throughout the day on Saturday. Right. In fact, you sent me a, a couple of pictures of you and the stooge, Boston Connor, <laughs> um, sitting in front of the, uh, the golf simulator. Um, you asked me who the big surprise was for the Rumble. You asked me if Rock was coming. You asked me if it was going to be a great show. Um, I text you back. It would be an unbelievable show if you were there. And you were like, yeah, maybe next time or whatever. And that was it. And then I never heard back from you. And then the next thing I know, I sit down at the desk and Corey and I do our on camera to start the show. And your music hit. Do you have it, Foxy? Do we have it? 
Yeah, we got it. So, hey, we should run it. Do you want us to run it, or do you want to explain first? What do you think? Yeah, is better? If, yeah. If you if you can run it, if you want, and then I'll explain all the feelings that were going on after after we see it. You're legit surprised here, though, right? Is what we need to take legit, away. Uh, honest to God, truth. I, not. I I usually know everything going on in in our world today because of the position that I'm in. This is the first time, probably in a decade, that I've legitimately been surprised if something happened in the show. All right, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the moment that made Michael go, I didn't know that. I've been here 27 years. I didn't know that was coming. Uh, this is from Saturday at the Royal Rumble. I think the lead off, this is how the show started, which is an incredible honor. Thank you so oh, much yeah. <laughs> to whoever, like everybody over there, Paul and Nick, and obviously everybody else that is being involved in the conversation of how the show is being run. So incredibly nice. Wait till you hear the numbers. Wait to hear the numbers. Mm. We'll discuss that after all this. Wait to hear the numbers. This is leadoff for Royal Rumble uh, on Saturday from San Antonio. Donovan kicks off right now. Let's go. You're not registering for shit. What? <laughs> you didn't say anything about this. You didn't know anything about this. My year's ruined already. <laughs> Are you kidding me? McAfee's here. I'm done. <laughs> McAfee is here. You should have told me about this call. I didn't know Peacock anything about Mike. it. I FaceTimed him earlier today. He was in a studio <laughs> in Indianapolis. Come in that goose stooge box. There. Uh, uh, not flipping. You're too sloppy. <laughs> I still got goosebumps. Dude, it was sick. I'd rather get a root canal. This is ridiculous. Nobody even... Don't you come over here. Go to that side. Good don't, for Corey. Don't, don't you think about it. You better not... Don't... <laughs> Brother... McAfee pulling the Joel Embiid here tonight. He's pulling the rock right out of my heart. This is completely begrudging. <laughs> Welcome. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that was awesome. Shout out to Frosty for setting it up. Shout out to you, Dude. Michael Cole. That was amazing. And shout out to the people at WWE that did know. I think like three people keeping that under exactly. wraps. It's impossible to keep a secret. Happened late in the week. I fucking enjoyed the hell out of it. What a what a night that I'll remember forever. 51,000 some people. That place was you. I hadn't been in there, obviously. I landed 27 minutes before the show starts. I go right in there into a bus, into the back of a golf cart, into Gorilla. Hey, how you doing? Boom, through the curtain, through the curtain. Holy fuck. There's a lot of people here. This is a long walk. It was amazing. I can't thank you did, all enough for allowing me to do that type of shit. Did you tell a story today about the you know, how you almost didn't make it. Yeah, we mentioned it in passing, but yeah, yeah, we did. There was a plane that could not take off, and then we had to find another plane in the Midwest. There weren't many. Just day of, tough to do. I did send a text to um, a billionaire here in town that owns uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and they were going to look, they looked into it, and before they even got it, Kevin Dunn and the travel team over there had it fucking figured out without anybody knowing still. So 
It was unbelievable, Cole. It was a fucking great, and I appreciate your legitimate, genuine excitement to have me back. That doesn't happen everywhere. Like, my dog Valerie will shake her tail when I come home. <laughs> you seemed actually happy, and I appreciate you, man. Well, Pat, honestly, got truth. Listen, you know how I feel about you, and you know how I feel about our relationship and working on the air together and how I feel about AJ and all the, you know, the boys there. Um, you know, I legit didn't know if, you, if we were ever going to see you again in WWE. Um, I know that we talked back in September that you'd be back after the football season. A lot in your life has changed uh, since then. A lot in our company has changed since then as well. And I legit did not know if you were ever going to be back. And if you noticed, I haven't said much to anyone publicly about um, when you were coming because no one knew. So when I sat down that day, Corey and I had prepared all afternoon to do the Rumble as a two-man booth like we always do. And um, when you're, when the music hit, because I still – when I think of Pat McAfee, I still think of White Stripes, right? Yes. So when the first couple of bars of the new, of the new song hit, I didn't immediately recognize it. And then uh, Hunter, uh, <clears throat> Paul Levesque was in my ear, and he said, are you going to sell it? And I <laughs> mouthed to him in the spy cam, sell what? I'm like, sell what? And then I, looked, then I looked up, and I saw your video board, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're ribbing me. And then the music hit, and you came out. And I, First off, I didn't know what to say because I wasn't sure if you were coming out to be an announcer or you were coming out to actually be the number one entry in the rumble because we were starting the rumble match so i didn't even know what to say and then when i saw you were in your, your blazer i'm like oh my god he's coming out here to be an announcer and i was legit like so excited like my my wife actually watched and the funny thing about it was my wife doesn't really watch uh the product at all and she had texted me a few minutes before the show started and she said hey what are you doing i said listen put on peacock um you know we're about to start the show you can see how many people are are, are at the alamo dome and we live in san antonio so it's you know home for us so she actually put the show on, and she thought I was texting her to tell her that you were coming back. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. She texted me and said, Pat, right in the middle of your entrance, and I said, I knew nothing about this. <laughs> um, it was craziness, dude, and the people, you should have, if you look up close at a lot of the videos when you came out, the people that were sitting, like, in the front row behind us, the smiles on their faces and, like, the genuine excitement of everybody to have you back in the building – it was absolutely incredible. I text Kevin Dunn and I text Paul uh, as soon as you sat down because uh, one of them said in my ear, well, Pat's joining you on commentary tonight. And I'm like, well, no shit. And um, <laughs> so then I text Paul and Kevin and I, and I text them and I said, you fuckers. <laughs> I can't believe that you guys ripped me. And um, they just laughed. LOL. Great stuff. Um, and again, very few people in that building knew it was happening. It must have been a thrill for you to come out there and hear that response after you've been away for so long. I talked to, uh, and sorry, AJ, I know you were going to get your question in there, but kind of, <laughs> it would be dumb for you to answer that question from Cole. But the, um, uh, I didn't know, I was talking to Nick. Nick was the, you know, the one I was talking about, and we had kept in touch, obviously, you and me. Me and Nick, numerous people around the company, like throughout the season, a lot of well wishes and best wishes. I had a lot of people, you know, whenever I did the moonsault into the Tennessee River, a lot of uh, picture perf, you know, like a lot of support and love from the wrestling world who necessarily or might not necessarily be into the sports world. But there was a lot of conversation about him coming back when I'm coming back. You and me talked about that a lot. And I couldn't stay. 
I couldn't stay committed to working out because how tired I got by the end of the season. So I knew Royal Rumble participating was probably out of it. Wanted to be a part of something meaningful. You know, wanted to be something. You know, I don't want to disrespect anybody at all. So whenever it kind of came together for me to commentate, like, Thursday. I think it was, like, Thursday, Friday, maybe? Thursday or Friday, and Nick was being so kind, and Hunter... Yeah, because you and I... T- I'm sorry to interrupt, but you and I talked on Thursday, remember? Yes. FaceTime-wise, and I don't think at that point you had any idea. Yeah, I definitely did not. Yeah, definitely did not, because I'm terrible at that whole thing. There was a moment somebody <laughs> called in, uh, I think it was on Wednesday somebody called in, and they asked me about the Rumble, and I said, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to say this, because at that point I had nothing, but the internet was cooking that I was going to be there, so I still wanted to give a little... You know, hey, maybe yeah. a little like I don't want to shut down the door that I'm not going to be there right now. That would be a very dumb play. You know, that'd be a stupid right. play to do on the Internet, because also it's just like kind of hilarious to see what people say and see how it goes. And what are they thinking I'm doing or what's being leaked maybe from behind the scenes of ideas that are coming? Because I think we're very much in a conversation like if we can figure something out that works, let's let's do it. So I was like kind of fascinated by the sheets and what they were tweeting and talking about. And the dirt sheets are the media for rest always been around right why is it called dirt yeah. sheets because the actual sheets that it was on was like i think yeah back in the day yeah, yeah like like, your shitty, like so i was i was watching it all and what was being said and everything like that and i was like i do no idea. i do not it was like funny for me to be like i do not think that is accurate but i'm not going to throw myself in because if i do everybody's gonna say well that's what somebody who's going to the rumble mm-hmm. would say and it's like i'm just gonna kind of watch this thing go so it wasn't until like thursday or friday it got locked in and yeah i, I told nick i said I don't know. You, should you announce a commentator though? You know, like before every <laughs> before every live show, for every live show that we uh, did for how many? I don't know, sixteen months, fourteen months, however long mm-hmm. it was. Before every live show, you get introduced, but it's not on camera, right? But it is to the house. It's a full, and the house is what thirteen thousand. That's a lot of fucking mm-hmm. people to walk out, and it's not on TV. Then we sit down, then the show starts, and the whole thing goes. So I, I, you know, they mentioned like we'll give you an intro. And then we'll start the rumble. We'll do this whole thing. And I'm like, intro on, on the show? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, ah, for a commentator? And Nick was like, Pat, don't be stupid. Yes, we are introing you or whatever. He was like, uh, I was like, man, what if, you know, what if it's like, uh, <laughs> fuck this guy? And Nick's like, come on, come on. And then I thought to myself, this is literally what every wrestler says whenever they're away and come back. I almost felt like a wrestler for a second because you watch those documentaries stone cold Mm -hmm. like the biggest of all time they're like i just hope they remember me you know like i just hope these people remember me is the big thing so when i go out there and that place said hello i was like man this is pretty fucking sweet i i I think you see me like get like super pumped about like because i did miss that place i missed the wwe universe and they were so incredibly fucking kind i couldn't have been more thankful cole i couldn't have been more thankful dude you're Listen, you're a megastar. Seriously, you are. Right, and, right. and not only in our world, but in so many different places. And it would have been silly if we didn't do that. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like introducing Michael Cole at the beginning of the Rumble. 50,000 people would have moved me out of the building, right? But nonetheless, um, it was a moment that, that we needed to have. And I'm so glad they did. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, did you feel disrespected that you didn't know? You know, you've been in this business 26 years. Did you feel disrespected that Pat didn't tell you that, and no one told you about this. And I said, hell no. Yeah, we were working. Dude, I, first off I, don't, first yeah. off, I don't play those games. But secondly, I wanted a genuine reaction. I think even if I knew, I'd be able to pull it off. But that was as genuine a reaction 
as you can get. I mean, listen, I'm happy. My buddy's back. You and I made magic together for a year and a half on, on network television every Friday night. There's no doubt about that. And so many people were happy to see you. Um, That's right. And I was just so glad to just just be a, be a small part of it. And I thought I thought that me, you, and Corey Graves um, killed it. And, and I don't oh, really shoot. talk much about my my Hell work. Yeah, let's go. But dude. I thought I thought we had a great four and a half hour show. I thought we uh, we four told the hours, okay. we told stories. Um, we thought it we was seven fun. hours. We thought it was maybe seven uh, hours, eight it hours. It seemed like it. Hey, by the way, you didn't get enough to go to the bathroom at all in the entire four and a half hours. How'd you pull that off? How about that? So <laughs> from so I, I thought about that. When we landed on the plane, I was like, I'm going to pee here because I don't know if I'm going to get a shot to pee next, you know? Yeah. And it's because I was going plane literally right to table. Like that was – so while we were sitting on the plane kind of – I got dressed on the plane – I was like, man, this is kind of my last moment of like, everything's about to be about 7,000 yeah. miles an hour for the next well, however many hours, five hours of my life, six hours of my life. So we kind of pieced that together. So I pee on the plane. Then we're able to get to bus though. We have like uh, four minutes. Mm -hmm. We got to wait. We're too early. We got to wait just a little bit. This would be too early. So I, I pissed again on the bus. So those two pisses I would have probably never done in any other time. I think that's the right play. Need to squeeze two pisses out of me mm -hmm. before long programs because that is a problem of mine, Cole. My bladder well, they, is active. They didn't, and they didn't want you. So I always hang out, as you know, I always hang out in the gorilla position right on the other side of the curtain of the stage before the show, really up to showtime. And um, so obviously they had to keep you in the bus because they weren't sure how long. And I was hanging out at gorilla until like, you know, quarter to seven local time. And um, then I finally decided to saunter out to ringside and, Bruce kept like saying to me, Bruce Pritchard kept saying to me like for the last 10 minutes, hey, you're going to go out to ringside soon? When are you going out to ringside? You're going to go out to ringside? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I better go to ringside. <laughs> so I went, not having any clue what was going on. How about so old, it was pretty cool. How about old Brucey boy getting in <laughs> on the action? Appreciate that. Hey, how about um, these numbers, by the way? Okay, um, let's dive in. Royal Rumble this year, right? We had the highest gate in the history of the Royal Rumble. Hell yeah. At the Alamo Dome. Hell over, yeah. Congratulations, WWE. Highest gate ever. And this was the most watched Royal Rumble in history. Last year, we set the record, which you were a part of last year's Rumble, not the match, but the actual broadcast. Hell yeah. Last year, we set the record. This year, we beat that record by 50% in viewership for a Saturday night. Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Holy massive, shit. Massive, massive numbers. Business is so good, huh? people saw you come back. That's great. It's awesome. Yeah, business um, is it, good. And we had great stories, Pat. I mean, we really did. I mean, those of you who don't follow the product, um, you, I, I can't tell you how much you're missing because this Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Bloodline, Sami Zayn storyline is probably the best television we've done in this company in a decade. And it is – it's – it's Emmy worthy in many ways. Um, the last 15 minutes of the event Saturday night, Pat, we didn't say a word. We did not utter a sound for the last 15 50, minutes of that show. 51,000. No, yes. 300. No, and, and they were, they were chanting, fuck you, Roman. And they were, uh, when, when Sammy Zayn turned on Roman Reigns and hit him with the chair, that pop was enormous. Yeah, and if you go back and watch it on, you know, on, on you know, watch the video clips, it, it was amazing. It's going to be a great story. I'm just glad you were you you were there to be a part of it. And, you know, tonight Monday Night Raw, USA Network. I'm I'm at home, but I get get to work with the announcers tonight on the show, and I'm looking forward to it. Cody Rhodes is going to be there. Cody oh, won the Royal Rumble. Big story. 
Uh, Rhea Ripley will be involved. She won the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, you know, there's there's a, they're going to pick who they, they they face at WrestleMania for the title. So it's a big show tonight. So we're getting into WrestleMania season. And Pat, you were part of it last year. Uh, you had a match leading up to it. You know what WrestleMania season is like. Undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> this is WrestleMania season. No, right actually, here. you're not. You're not. I'm still undefeated. You're not at WrestleMania. Sanctioned matches, Cole. We don't yeah. count fake <laughs> matches, dude. That was, that was, that was a, it. Right there. That's WrestleMania. Look at how hilariously wow. dumb that is. That is not a fake photo. <laughs> Shout out to whoever took this picture, too, by the way. I forget the photographer's name. Thank you. Great work. What a joke. So, I listen, got really I'm fucking gonna, drunk that night. I mean, those I'm going to bring, bring... Yeah. <laughs> that's every night but um so we listen so we're so i'm just gonna ask the question to get the elephant out of the room right um because me and i know the answer you know the answer um but what is next for pat mcafee in the wwe you know the answer uh, well i I'm, the last we spoke is we don't know what's next for pat yeah that's the answer that's the answer before everybody starts blowing up the phone lines and wanting to know yeah. what's next for pat no one knows i was excited to hear yeah i was excited to hear what you i was like oh you know <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> this is awesome. well the last time i came on the show back in november i said you were coming back after college football season and the entire world held me to it so. it worked hey yeah we yeah. did it you were right it. we yeah, did yeah, it pretty much it was football so, season. Uh, yeah go ahead well i can promise you one thing though um, no matter what Pat, whatever, whatever he does, he will have a role in our company. Thank you. Um, and will always be welcome in our company for the rest of his career. And um, whatever that is, whether it's a match, whether it's doing some commentary, whether it's, you know, selling merchandise, who cares, who oh, knows, okay. but what? Pat will be a part of this, be a part of this. I appreciate that. You guys have always been very cool to me. It was great to see the whole family behind the scenes as well. As I tried, you know, yep. cause I go in there so fast right. afterwards, I got to chat with everybody pretty much that I haven't seen in a long time. Camera people, obviously, tech people, audio people, crew, hands, stage right. hands, roadies, fucking right. uh, makeup people, uh, interview, like literally every department security, that bald fuck. You know what I mean? You know who I'm talking about. He's a ranger. Yeah, he's the man. It was great to see him. It, it was, like, cool to see everybody, you know? Like, it was cool to see everybody, and everybody was so nice. During the Rumble, it was, uh, you know, because there was a lot of people in the Rumble that are formerly on SmackDown that I got to know pretty good that were potentially in it. As they would walk by to exit the Rumble, which was right next to where I was sitting, there was a hilarious exchange between me and pretty much every single person yeah. that went through. Whether it was a, it a was... blown off fist bump from that jerk Bobby Lashley, oh, <laughs> that Omos, I thought he was going to kill me the uh -huh. way he looked mm -hmm. at me. But then Elias, you know, my guy Elias, I gave him a little. It'll be better next time, you mm -hmm. know. And then that scumbag, the ex-con Dom Mysterio. Oh man! Uh, I told him, hey, hey, well, you need to and get out. I thought he was maybe going to slap me in the face, and I didn't know if I was ready or not. But it was great to see everybody. I appreciate. How about Brock Lesnar almost uh, killing us with steel steps? He, that was real close, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, very close. <laughs> and then how about when he was walking back towards us? What was that all about? Yeah, I don't know, but I just I, I, he was coming at you, so I just made sure I went over to the other side. No, 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 no. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, I am not around. I almost broke. I almost broke my hand the um, Friday before WrestleMania. Broke my wrist almost because that was when Brock when. Um, when Brock was beating the fuck out of everybody with a chair. You mm -hmm. remember that night? Yes. Yeah. And he was walking back. To, and we still had, because I heard the countdown in my ear. We still had another 25 seconds on live air. And uh, Brock was nowhere near stopping what he was doing. He had already hit 
10 people with a chair, I think, maybe just killing people. And he was walking back towards the commentator table. And I'm like, no, no, no. no so I actually, you remember, we ran through the ring bell area. <laughs> yeah, and, really fast. And a cord, a cord oh, was being yeah. pulled by a camera person, like trips me through my shin. I go down, oh. I laid, I go down, I catch myself. That was on pavement. I get up. I'm like, oh, did I? Because I was so fucking <laughs> that have scared. Been good. Could you imagine? Could you imagine accidentally yeah. fucking with that guy? No, no way. No, oh, no, not at all. He's the strongest individual. He's he's hit me with the F5 and taking me out and stuff. And he is the strongest <laughs> man on the planet. Dude, he slammed those fucking like, stairs like bam bam. Dude. Yeah, just pick he, li- he lifts my he lifts my fat ass like a feather. So that's telling you something. People are saying you were so. pre- you look pregnant. Yeah, I, I, messed I, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, we, we this big heartfelt moment coming back. Hugs. Can't wait to see you, my guy. The first thing you say to me is, "Hey, you look pregnant." No, I said people on the internet are saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. I, I was examining. I was exam. I thought you looked good. Of course, that's uh, a long story. I don't even want to get into all that. But anyway, <laughs> it was an old suit from back in the day. Because well, as you yeah, know, food's I, a long story. No, but as you know, Jeez, I, no, it doesn't matter. Because you know, Boston's just going to make Connor's just going to make fun of me. So. Well, Bingo. Already happened while yeah. you're, you didn't get the Bingo. Eat. AJ has a question for oh. you though, Cole. I apologize, hey. Mike. You mentioned you mentioned that your wife doesn't watch a lot of the product. Are you going to have to throw the single on? and get the old aquarium back and getting that uh, in the ring and actually get in there and mix it up a little bit to get her back in. Aquarium. WrestleMania is the last time because of the match that she's ever watched wrestling ever again. She was was completely embarrassed until she saw the WrestleMania paycheck. Then she was like, hey, man, she might start watching this. (laughs) No, no, you know, the thing is, listen, it's, I've been doing this 26 years. Um, It's taking me away from home, uh, taking me away from my family. um, And, you know, she appreciates everything that this company has, uh, has given to me. Um, you know, uh, shit, it gave her a kidney transplant, you know, paid for that and put two, two of my kids through college and given us everything we ever wanted in our life, um, you know, the McMahon family. And, uh, but she just, she can't, you know, she can't bring herself to watch every single week because she knows I'm not home. So um, it's, it's tough for her sometimes. But uh, do you ever, every once Mike, in a while, do you ever, uh... Do you ever take time to try to explain like the storylines of what's been going on like in the industry? Does she sit there and listen? I would Uncle, imagine that'd be tough. Hey Yoli, nope. Uncle Howdy <laughs> is this? You had to do that. He had to do that to me. AJ, did you hear that at all? I, what, I didn't what, see that. No. What is? So what? What's going on here? What is? So oh, that was classic. That's pretty and much. I explained what, it to you on the air. Yeah, I explained it to you on the air. It was great. It was, it was good. I, no, but AJ, we don't. Me. We I don't really. Um, you know, she's real interested when Pat's involved. Um, just because she knows, you know. I think it's I healthy. I think Pat. it's healthy, Cole. Um, but she didn't have to hang on every word you ever say. Uh, she is. She, you know, she, you know, she's interested in my work with Pat um, and my work with Corey as well because I work with Corey so much. And she's interested in that type of stuff like Wade Barrett, who's uh, doing SmackDown now with me. Wade's unbelievable. I mean, he's really stepped into that role and did a tremendous job. And, um, you know, so she's interested in that type of stuff. But – no, as for the story and stuff, she really didn't get into it. Well, you got to stick with it, I think. That's what I realized whenever I was in the Rumble, because I'd watched for so long. Yeah. Like, through my life, and then I'd miss, uh, like, a chapter or whatever through season, and then I'd come back and I'd see it in the off season, and I'd be able to pick it right back up. But when you're commentating, like, you got to, hey, yeah. you got to fucking know. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple moments during Royal Rumble where I was like, well, I'm not saying a thing for the next probably four or five minutes, because I have no idea how we got here. I have... No clue how we got here. I tried to catch up as much as I possibly could, but without watching, like that was the thing about SmackDown, and that's why I was kind of able to go in there by design, your mind, also Vince and everybody else, 
trying to keep me out of the loop on everything. But since I was there, I was watching every single episode. So I was like able to see everything, able to see what potentially like little detail, why did happen. So I was just able to kind of speak freely about what I had seen, what I thought was happening, why I thought it was happening. And I was just kind of carefree. A couple of times during the rumble where I was like, I have no idea how we got here. <laughs> I have like when Piper yeah, came back, right. when Piper came back, Piper Niven. I, was that the first time we have seen? Yeah, since NXT days. NXT? No, that no, was, no. Yeah, she was, Piper, she was Piper was, in NXT. I think, wasn't she? Uh, I don't know. I, all I know is Dewdrop. Yeah, the best really known is Dewdrop. She was Dewdrop on the main roster. I do know that. Nonetheless, whatever the case may be, it's the first time on the main roster we saw her as Piper Niven. So, okay, but, so, see, but that's, hold on, though. I'm a massive fan. Yeah. Dewdrop isn't Dewdrop anymore? No, no, exactly. AJ, massive. We are yeah. massive. She no, it's is, not Dewdrop anymore. Yo, she is Piper hilarious, Niven. dude. Drip. Hey, okay. Piper is a hilarious individual. I've got to meet her a couple times behind awesome. the scenes. Awesome girl. Fucking awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. And in the ring, fucking great. Like, very good. So whenever she comes at, and there's a thing underneath that says Piper Niven, I'm like, who? That ain't fucking Piper. What are we? <laughs> and me and Corey are making jokes, and you have no idea what we're joking about. Oh, uh, I, heard, <laughs> your, I <laughs> heard your dude drop, but I, I didn't know if it was her first time back. or Like, I didn't know if she had been Piper Niven yes, for like was. two months. Or if that was the first time. Yeah. So that was like a balance. I'm like, like her name's Piper. I think I like yeah. I was I was very surprised, but very pumped. So it was kind of a it was awesome. But see, that's but that's why the three man booth on Saturday worked, Pat. And, and that's why you're so smart as a broadcaster. Corey and I live this, right? This is our lives. This is like like we like like you do with the NFL, right? We live this and eat it and breathe it and we know everything about it. So you let us do our thing. You yes. let us talk about the statistics and everything else. Yes. You came in and just do what you do best. You're a fan and you had fun, and um, that's why it worked. If you tried to come in there and be an expert um, over and hadn't watched in five months or whatever it's been, you would have been foolish. I've seen it. Hey, I've been I've been trying mm-hmm. to, but allegedly, apparently, I shall say, there's a couple finer details that I did not know. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> that pitch black match really came oh, out of nowhere. Oh, my God. I had no idea that was happening. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I was... Wait a minute. We got black lights every. How many? Where are these? This is incredible. The crew that you guys have, getting a chance to watch them work again was awesome. You know, see them obviously. What up to? 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 As they're doing their thing was awesome, but watching them work again is just. They changed the entire ropes. Every all the they they retaped the entire ropes for that black light or the blackout match. Pitch, pitch black. black. Yeah. There yep. it is. Mm-hmm. The pitch black match. Yeah. Mountain Dew pitch black match. There it is. They're wrapping all this thing while a video is running. Okay. While a video is running that's counting down like 30 seconds, they're still fucking and doing this. I'm like, geez, these folks, I forgot how good they are. I forgot how like great the whole operation is over there. So it was cool to be back and I appreciate you guys welcoming. Connor got to be front row at the show. Yeah. Loved every part of it, huh, Connor? Yeah, it was incredible. Both the Rumble matches. I mean, the Alexa Bliss match was also, you know, sublime, but also what you uh, mentioned with them setting up the ropes and everything. They also built a stage for the for performance. Hardy. Yeah, for Hardy. So, like, seeing how that all operates was absurd. I don't think, you know, the, uh, I don't think that I crowd think- appreciated Hardy enough. He brought the house down, well, didn't well, he? In in a bad in way, which was um, bullshit. What's this guy's? What's this guy's? He put, he, it was really good. But Cole put him in a bad spot. Yeah. He, Cole who? said, "You did. You gave Hardy no shot. You said, hey, before you guys watch, maybe the conclusion of the greatest storyline we've done.' So I didn't say that. But. It, oh, you didn't? I thought that's what you <laughs> said. I like thought you. 
Anyways, I'm a Listen. massive Hardy fan. That was, he was the one behind the uh, – he was the guy at depth. That's the first time I've ever met him in person. I've listened to his music, and I think if a lot of those people in San Antonio listen to the lyrics of that guy, probably become a fan of his. But I dabbed him up or whatever, you know, and I saw him. I was excited for that. Then I was told – I didn't even know he's going to have a fucking concert. I'm like, when's this concert? Did I miss the concert? Was it before? And they're like, right before main event. I'm like, oh. Not great time. I'm on. Hardy's going to have to bring the house down right before main event there. And I don't know if they gave him a shot. Had time my life out there though. Hey, he was genuinely excited to see you. You know, you mentioned the production team. We have, we have the. I say this all the time, and I know I've said this to you, Pat, on a number of occasions. But we have an all-star team at WWE. I mean, in every facet of what we do, um, when we're producing a show, whether it's Monday, Friday, or, or a premium live event, our cameramen um, are the greatest in the world. I mean, they've covered every sport imaginable. And now they're doing this. Um, you know, our referees uh, trained for this. Our, our TV people, led, of course, by Kevin Dunn. Our creative, led by Bruce Pritchard. Of course, Paul Levesque handling everything. We have put together an all-star team of writers, production people, obviously athletes, um, to make this just an incredible, an incredible place to work. And when we call it sports entertainment, dude, that's what it is. You know, it's such a mix of, of wrestling and sports and entertaining people. And there is no show on this planet that will be able to do what we did um, this weekend. We were in Laredo, Texas on Friday. So the crew came in on Wednesday to set up that Alamo Dome. They all got in cars and buses and drove down to Laredo on Friday to set up an entire arena for SmackDown. Then they tore that entire arena down Friday night in Laredo, put them back into trucks to drive it back up three hours to San Antonio to get in at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, to spend the whole next to the rest day to get us on the air by 7 o'clock at night. That's pretty damn good. Yes. There's, no, there's no production company, there's no network, there's nobody in the entire planet that does that. Yeah, Nikki and the boys are incredible at what they do. And to go back to your point, just that's all year round. Wild. So, like, you know, people go on tour, and there's going to be other people that have stage designers, and I assume people, roadies that put it together and all that stuff. I assume people do that. And I got respect for all those people. WWE, we're talking two shows a week, live TV, in arenas. The biggest stage of all time with so much different smoke, pyrotechnics, lights everywhere. Lights all have to be rigged the exact same, all on the same schedule. Fireworks. The amount of network, yeah, the, everything has to be on the same. Down, up in less than 24 hours. That's just one particular case. Oh, there's going to be 51,000 people in here too. They can't break anything. We have to have it all figured out. And everybody has to have a good view. It's unbelievable. It's year-round, never stops. And a lot of them have been doing it for fucking like 20, 30 years. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I got to have a, I got to drink one of Kevin Dunn's uh, Bud Lights. What? Took two. What? Drank one. What? Took one for the road. What? Almost was late to the plane. What? Almost missed duty hour time. What? Almost didn't make it home. What? Because I had one Bud Light. What? Grabbed two Bud Lights. What? And got to have a conversation with a couple of the camera people, obviously Stu and Rico and Grogan and everybody there. It was just nice to catch up with everybody. I can't thank you enough. You guys are fucking first class, and I appreciate the hospitality always. You're the man, Michael Cole. Hey, Pat, I'm going to, we're doing Evansville in uh, the last Friday of February. So I'm planning to come into Indy and spend some time on that Thursday with you all, if you'll have me. Yeah, wear socks. And I think, I think you're back. Mm-hmm. No, well, dude, flip-flops is the deal on the show. You know that. And this time I promise I'm going to make a putt. I doubt it. Yeah, we'll see. We yeah. did. <laughs> You're good with the mouth. Not so much hey, with the. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm, 
I'm going to go get ready for Raw. I'm going to go sit in my pool, have a little Bud Light. Right. And um, be ready to go. Uh, you're the man, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Thank yeah, Cole! I did not know Cole was coming on. I did not know we were going to spend 42 minutes talking about the Royal Rumble on this particular Overreaction Monday. Happy we did. It was a cool moment, AJ. I mean, believe me, you could tell. You really, you really came back with, uh, with a vengeance, with a bang, obviously. Come on. Cool. It was a long walk, bro. Had to be cool. It, it looked like the walk. You reminded yards. me of uh, hockey players when they do the Winter Classic when they have to just walk on their skates <laughs> yeah. like six miles to the rink. Yeah. From the dugout. I saw it. I was planning on just walking, you know, and I saw how long it was. It was like, okay, oh, all right, we don't need to be doing all that. Can you do those like running back handsprings? Can you do that? I used to be able to. I don't know why I would try it now, though. But you're right. I should have maybe sweet, brought yeah. that out. Well, the boots. You didn't have much trash with the boots. Mm-hmm. Those things yeah. are We can scuff, let's scuff the bottom of those boots up. Or maybe put some, like, no, put like, the bottom of some Jordans on your boots. Get someone Ooh. to make them special. Oh, get some J-Cowboy boots. That's a good, good idea. idea. Huh? Maybe the Good Feet store. Mm-hmm. I bet Chuck Norris has that because right. he was always wearing boots. He, he definitely had to have yeah. good traction on his. Yeah, Chuck oh, Norris. No, batteries are dead. He said Chuck Norris has that for sure. Shit on his boots. Chuck doesn't need that, though. And we're back. Okay. There we go. I didn't hear a word you just said. I want to let you know that. Don't need to. Those, hey, those uh, Lucchese's that I rock? Mm-hmm. They have no grip. Mm-hmm. One of those things. There's none. You can moonwalk from here to fucking mm-hmm. San Antonio in those if you had enough conditioning, cardio. <laughs> they do look good, and they do make you taller, though. Mm-hmm. Well I'm worth a, it. I'm a big fan of cowboy boots. There are, like, heavy-duty ones, though. There's ones for the job site. They got big, thick rubber soles on the mm-hmm. bottom. I think they have a lot more grip. I had my show boots on. Mm-hmm. I, had my, I had my show boots on. Uh, right. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, let's Makes go to sense. a couple phone calls, and then let's wrap up this glorious day. Uh, let's go to Caden in Michigan. Caden, what's going on, pal? Holy sh... Okay, I'm not going to say any bad words. I did not expect to be get on here. I've been waiting for about an hour now. But... I, I would just like to say, I know you guys are talking about it all the way in the beginning of the, the, the podcast today, but uh, if any team has gotten screwed more by refs, and Foxy can agree with me on this, it is the Detroit Lions. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I, think I knew that was coming. Like Brandon Pettigrew, Brandon Pettigrew missed pass interference against the Cowboys in the playoffs. I mean, there's just been way too much. Boom. So I think Caden's saying that the NFL is rigged against the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions fans have been thinking that for a long time. Yeah. Of course this is what's going to happen with the Lions. If there was a team that the NFL was out to get, it would be Detroit. And the people of Detroit have probably felt that way a long time. Yeah, definitely. There's such a long list of things. I mean, we even talked about it today. Rams, Seahawks, the Rams freaking somehow lose that game and we're not in the playoffs. You could add that one to the list. But, yeah, I mean, Lions fans have thought this forever. Oh, that's a little second-generation get fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's Right. So used to it too. Like I didn't even mention it to you guys that day when we were in LA because I'm so used to it. Like honestly, that's just par for the course for the Detroit. Seriously, Lions. yeah, but it's a brand new lines. Maybe the NFL wants the BNL to fucking do their thing with MCDC. We don't know. We shall see. Don't like when people say how long they've been on phone. Fucking hang up then. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? don't think about. It. I've been Call here it. too, dude. Right. All right. I don't like when people don't swear. Yeah, you can swear, too. You can do whatever you want, honestly. Unless you, for your family, for respect to your family, you do what you got to do. But, like, just hang up there. Yeah, we you know get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't eat up a line, pal. You know what I mean, AJ? All right, I hear you. It is, it is a, a bit jarring for that to be your first comment if they're upset and frustrated, by the way. This one, and I didn't remember it, that that is a thing that we had oh, to yeah. answer. Yeah, that was a good little reminder. Yeah, it was right there. As soon as he said it, I immediately was like, ah. Oh, but man. you would get it. 
I th- don't you think if you called into a show and you're like, oh, I really want to get on this show, I really want to do it, after a while, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to hang up, right? I am a person that is very patient. People know that. I'm like a super mm-hmm. patient person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there is a two-person line at a place, no way. Hey, uh, is there a wait? Not how long the wait is. Is there a wait? Yes. Sweet. We will be back next week. Hopefully mm-hmm. there will not be. I am out of here. I can't. I'm not a big waiter around her. But if I'm going to call in, I got something that needs to be said. You need to assume you're not going to get on immediately. It's not like uh, this is not an open phone line. It's not a telethon. No, you're not right. just coming. We don't have people just sure. coming in there. So there might be a little bit of a. That's good. This is smart. I'm happy we got here. When you call on the five energy phone line, 1 the number four, Dome. We can't wait to chat with you, but also you might not get on immediately. Oh, well, we had to start dumping the lines every 30 minutes. Yeah. Remember, that's what we had to do. Yep. Yeah. Okay, never mind. You might have to wait 30 minutes. Nothing longer than that. Now, if you do call and wait 30 minutes and you don't get on, that does suck. We apologize that you wasted your time. But after probably four minutes or five minutes, you can also dip off or yeah. a minute you can dip off as just well. Hang up. Don't have to do it. Nope. Or just fucking put that thing on speaker and set it somewhere and do something else while you're waiting. Yeah. There, we have a lot of that. Yep. It's we have a lot idea. of people that we'll, we'll give a nice little wait, too, as you mm-hmm. get back. Hold on, hold on. And they're running to a bathroom because they're back at their office job. Yep. Who knows if that's still happening. Was it a couple years ago we had that person who used to call in? To the toilet. Had to sprint to the bathroom. Hold on, one second. And then it would be a... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jen. And then they would get into the toilet. I'm taking shit. All right. Yeah. (laughs) And then it would be a question. Good gimmick, but also reality. Right. We understand that. Let's go to Matt in... Have you walked in? Before you get to Matt, have you walked in the bathroom, you're taking a leak, and some dude's having a full-blown, super loud conversation on the toilet, you can hear him from the stall? I think, like, I think I've done that restaurant this weekend, I think, because uh, my wife and I got brunch on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Got brunch, did our thing, had a full morning, you know? And she was in nice. on, too. Shout out to Sam. Mm-hmm. Kay Fabin putting photos up of me at the house. Smart. Doing her thing. Shout out to Sam, buying into the surprise. She's, uh, she's fucking kicking ass right now. <laughs> this pregnancy thing is crazy. That is, it is a crazy thing. You're not that far mm-hmm. off, are you? Bro, like 24, 25 weeks, 24 weeks. Bro, she's really pregnant. Like, yeah. There's stuff like happening in there. Mm-hmm. Like a human. Mm-hmm. There's a kid growing in there, yeah. It's kind of amazing, lot. isn't it? It's wild. Funny how it works. It's like aliens. Bro, it, I've, yeah. I've, I thought this is, we have, there's a human inside of, like, it's a crazy thing. Starting to see the shakes from the movements. Yep. You know, it's like, <laughs> hello you know excuse me you know hey, yeah will you move a little bit huh and then sam has to deal with all of that mm-hmm. sleeping oh what a nightmare i, I haven't even you know another human not, not only sleeping on top inside of you yeah that is a wild but she posting photos from back in the day of me on her instagram story we did go to brunch she posted it got my hand in there as well to be like oh he is there because there were some wrestling sleuths on the internet do their thing but it was uh, fucking shout out to us, Sam. Uh, let's go to the great pregnancy's wild. Big time. Should be talked about more. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, if you, if you haven't never been through it before, I can understand why you would. I mean, you have no idea until you actually. No idea. No. AJ, obviously, you've been through it 10, 11 times. Right. <laughs> it is a. Just four. But yeah, each stage, too, has its own deal. And then there's obviously how it affects you. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. It'd be. 
You can imagine. Yeah. You, what it does. What do you mean? Are you yeah, talking about can, but I'm being... If I, for me to carry a baby is what I'm saying. Oh, carry a baby thank full term. Yeah, whichever God. Yeah, no way. Honestly, thank you. Oh, that was a real luck by us. It's not like the baby right. comes out and you're all of a sudden snap back to normal either. There's a lot of like after you have the baby too. Like, you, oh, hey, I got not only do I have to take care of this baby, you got to physically and try to mentally and physically become like a human again as well. Oh. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out, ladies. Good Pre work. Appreciate you, ladies. Let's go to Enrique in Texas. What's going on, Enrique? Hey, Pat. How's it going? Hey. Not too bad. How are you, Enrique? Keep it going. I'm great, man. Honestly, Pat, it was a dream to see you on Saturday, man. I was at the Rumble. Oh Loudest pop in the crowd from all night was seeing you come out, man. Enrique. I was extremely hyped. Had a couple Bud Lights. What? All right. Shout out to him. That was very nice. It was the beginning of the show. Everybody's already yelling. Nah. No. They made noise, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you could tell. Well, it was really, as I, when I thought I was out mm -hmm. and I was in that little uh, purgatory area between curtains, mm -hmm. I did hear. I was like, oh, nice. Oh, did they pump that in? And then I heard like one kid, ah, like a loud, mm -hmm. murderous yell right over here. And I was like, Man, this is really cool. Really nice. And then you go out there. So many fucking people, including Enrique. Everybody's very nice. I can't thank him enough. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap up the show here. There's a couple things we have to talk about, AJ. Brett Kern got fucked by Fox. Mm. Why wouldn't they show it? Because they knew it's their fault? It's their camera? I don't get it. Okay, so I don't know which camera would have got it. That is the thing. They, sh they could have shown the sky camera. You could seat. tell the ball was fl like flying. At the, like it, the ball, something hit it. Yes. And also, not just that, we like to judge humans on this show, don't we? Humans, yeah. how they act, yep. interactions. Yes. That's why we thought Shanahan should have thrown the challenge flag. As soon oh, as Devontae yeah. Smith gets right up away. and does this, it's like, wow, he's not acting yeah. normal. Mm -hmm. Something has to be up. What could he be doing? Oh, that's clearly a call. Everybody else is doing it. I should think about this. Boom, throw a challenge. Like, first half, you might lose a timeout. You lose a challenge. Okay, but also huge momentum Fourth swing. Down. Fourth down. Yeah, that's a huge Huge down there. Well, he also decided not to block Hassan Reddick with anybody, which point. was also. Well, he had George Kittle in motion, and then he had uh, Ayuk. No. He had. Uh, Jennings. Jenny, yeah, Juwan Jennings. Had to, that was wild to think about, but they had a lot bigger problems going on, too. They couldn't attempt a forward pass with either people that were designated as quarterbacks that were on the God, roster. Yeah. Now, didn't you think they would have gotten a little bit more creative? Yeah, I guess. I mean, they were scrambling, trying to figure it out. Like, what a weird. So Brock Purdy said he, could, he couldn't throw over five yards, right? He said there was a pain, a shooting pain from his elbow to his hand, and I think it was a nerve thing. And we saw whenever the Jets played the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday Night Football a couple years back, Michael Cole was actually there. Shout out to our guest. It just happened that we didn't know it was going to happen before the show. Mike White, first drive, walks right down the field on the Indianapolis Colts. Then something happens with his elbow. He's not able to grip a football. He's standing on the sideline, full pads. Full pads didn't really know, or he went inside or whatever. And then immediately after the game ended, he was able to pick up a football and throw a football, yeah. I think is how it went down. Mm -hmm. We beat the hell out of him. Who knows if Mike White's playing, what happens there. But I guess nerves, you can't predict the return date. And he couldn't feel his hand. He couldn't get a grip on the ball. And if he did anything with any explosive motion, it caused a shooting pain down there. That's terrible to happen, obviously, in the biggest stage. And there's a lot bigger conversation that's taking place around Brock Purdy now 
now. Can this guy be an NFL quarterback full-time with his stature? It's like, this seems like a very uncomfortable shot right to the fucking throwing arm at the worst time. The bow and arrow is basically fully thrown at the time, mm-hmm. and then bang, it's kind of like broken. That would hurt anybody, but they're talking about his future now. So I guess that's what happened, AJ. I think if I was to break it down, yeah. how I understand I believe it. I believe he was in crazy pain, I would imagine. Like when a quarterback, when their arm is in motion, they get hit. It is, I think it's the worst thing for him. I started to get worried after they, they hit Josh Johnson in a very similar fashion, and they, they had to go check him out for a concussion because of the back of his head. I instantly thought of the NFL changing the rule and trying to take care of quarterbacks and be like, hey, you can't go for his arm if his arm if you're in front Jeez. of him. From behind, you can strip. I'm thinking if you're coming and you can see face-to-face, you can't go after his That'd arm. So head, ne- I sure hope that never happens. Head, neck, arm. Can't and, touch. And yeah. knees and legs. And knees yep. if you're too low. Yeah. Head, neck, arm, hand, mm. knees, legs, certainly thumb. Keep your helmet out of the way. Yep. They would do that, wouldn't they, AJ? Go ahead, Connor. You wonder if they did have a lot of creativity, but with Purdy. And then once he got hurt, it was like, okay, we can't run these. With I'm Josh talking Johnson. about. I'm talking yeah. about putting Christian McCaffrey at quarterback, like they did, I think, to start the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. I think he was at, at quarterback. He did a handoff. There was an end around. Then there was a pitch back flea flicker, and he threw it to John Lynch. Yeah, remember? Exactly. Yep. He threw John Lynch. Right. Nobody else was around, but actually John Lynch standing there, hands in pocket. <laughs> what the fuck? How does this happen in the NFC Championship, basically? I expected more of that earlier, but I assume they were just trying to figure out what was going on or with just Purdy. A wildcat. Yeah, anything. I mean, Debo in there, maybe? At that point, if he can't throw it five yards, like, I get it, you know, yeah. and you're being tough, but if he can't throw it more than five yards, you got to get his ass out of there and you got to try something else because. That, I mean, the, the the game was over. Like, they, they conceded, and they just lost with fucking eight minutes left in the second quarter. It was like, once Josh Joshin uh, went out, and it was like, yeah, Purdy can't throw it farther than five yards. It's like, okay, well, they can't win. No fear on the defensive side of the ball at all of a deep threat. That is tough. That is going to be tough to move the ball, especially against a defense that's good, let alone, like, a defense that's average that has no fear mm-hmm. and can pack the box and everything. A great defense that has no – you're fucked. And I, I, terrible situation, okay? Obviously very difficult situation. But that Christian McCaffrey play, I thought there would be, like mm-hmm. – I thought that would be, like, very much earlier, quicker, and more of – but I was being attacked for thinking of that, and I, I, I've never been in the situation, so I can't tell you how I would act if I was actually in it. But that was my immediate thought watching while pretty vitamin up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also at the same – like, I would, I would imagine they don't have an extensive package in for Christian McCaffrey as the quarterback. You saw him on the sidelines. They're looking at, they're looking at different sheets and stuff trying to say, hey, this is we're going to line up. This is what you do. So, yeah, like you would understand, yeah, okay, Christian's our emergency backup if we need him, a third-string guy. But, I mean, they should have had a third-string quarterback – dressed in there so i was the emergency quarterback for the indianapolis colts i had like 10 plays to the right 10 plays to the left could switch them they're kind of they're the same never mind 10 plays to the right is what i had could flop sides though Mm -hmm. so i got 20 plays pretty much and there was like probably two out of the 10 so eight runs two play actions one was play action, you know down right side and then one's play action like back door to the tight end going the opposite direction. We worked on all that stuff, though. Like, worked cadence, worked ducks, worked under center, worked the the communication in the more. Clyde Christensen and Frank Reich were my quarterback coach. Like, that it was every Saturday I was taking snaps from under a center. Not necessarily Jeff Saturday. He would 
He actually was never on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff Sarah, okay, yeah. They gave me like the uh, practice squad center, but running backs back there. Joseph Adai was back there a couple different times throwing the ball. A couple different guys are on field. Callie stuck around a little bit for me to throw to. So, like, actually work that type of thing. And before me, it was Hunter Smith. I assumed they had that. You know, I just kind of assumed that that took place, but they're already on their fourth quarterback of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're already trying to figure out how do, yeah, how do we get the rest of these guys going. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that sounds like that's more than I assumed you would work on being the emergency quarterback every Saturday once a week. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't remember if it was the full season or not. It might have been just like the first like six weeks, seven mm. weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's make I mean, sure I we... Yes. I think each team is different how they do, like, what they do with that emergency remember. quarterback. I don't remember. Peyton was like an Iron Man, too, so I was yeah. always... But I was excited yeah. to do it. I felt like, oh, I get to learn something here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is... Sweet. I was, like, excited to learn something. I was playing quarterback against our defensive practices, too. I was like... Yeah, that's awesome. That'd be fun. I was having a great time. Yeah. I was having a blast. We were really good. You know what I mean? It was... Uh, I was loving the football. I was having an abs- And then this new regime came in. I was throwing the ball. They were like, oh, we got guys that throw the ball. <laughs> Oh, all right. Thanks, Chuck. Fuck off, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. Chuck actually took one of my jobs as a thrower for the DBs. What the hell? He has a great arm, though. We've all seen it. True, right? true. And they're like, uh, we don't need you over here. I'm like, all right. I mean, I did it for the last three years. They're pretty good. Won a lot of games once this Super Bowl. What does San Francisco do, too? What do they do now? So now the conversation is, is Purdy the guy long-term? Can he withstand the punishment that comes with being an NFL quarterback? It's like, I think anybody that was in that position would have got that, but that is what's going to happen. This is the same thing that happened when Jimmy G missed the throw by five yards. He's not the franchise. This guy in the future. Well, we'll hear, too. Like, what if he needs Tommy John, he's out all next year. Like, I don't know what the injury is, but, like, you know, it was, hey, done deal. Purdy's the guy next year. If he needs Tommy John, like, no, he's not. Yeah, jeez. Well, Lance, too, sure. right? They still kind of have to see what they have. Like, he played yeah, a game first. and a half. No, nah, Aaron Rodgers is going, I heard. And Tom Brady's going home. He oh. he was there for the uh, catch. Him Tom. and, him and uh, boom. Tom Brady mm-hmm. with that jacket on? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He looked really cool in that. You think Tom Brady's going to the 49ers? Maybe. Can't rule it out. Who said that? Rap sheet, right? On uh, game day during wildcard weekend. Oh, wow. Especially now. Trey Lance, another year to kind of learn under Tom Brady. It yeah. sucks for Trey. I mean, he got very unfortunate injury quick early into his entire run. He could have went on to be incredible. I mean, who knows? Honestly, yeah, he didn't get to see a lot of him. Did not go great on some of the games, but he's fucking brand rookie. What do you want, what do you want uh, from the guy early? Tom Brady in there. If Purdy's hurt, I think it really does, like, Long term, you know, if he does need Tommy John and he's get, like, I think that does open the door for any of these guys to potentially go there next year. Yeah, a lot of Aaron Rodgers in 49ers gear because he's also from Butte, obviously, California, which is up there in 49ers, Bay Area Faithful. I think he's in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That where, do you know where it's at? I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not like Bay Area, but yeah, North NorCal. NorCal is yeah. so cool to say. Yeah. Where are you from, NorCal? It's a different place, man. Nor- NorCal and Southern Cal, a different much. spot. And inland, right? And there, uh, yeah. there's like a lot of like farms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't NorCal, that- like uh, my buddy Spencer Havner went to his wedding. Like they all live like on mountains. Like you driving up and around the mountains, and they're all big outdoors guys. Like it's a different world. A lot of people cool. that go to Oregon from NorCal. Yeah. That's yeah. like, uh, that was the thing that I remember from around the campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from NorCal. Like, 40, 30%, 40% of the people here from NorCal or whatever, and I'm like, oh, makes sense. Close. It's pretty, pretty similar landscape yeah. there. Josh right? Allen's from NorCal, and he's from like a big-time like farming community. Fireball. 
Hey, Shane, Josh Allen just made me think of this because there's people saying, Josh Allen never going to win the Super Bowl. This guy said it. This guy right I'm here. I'm not the only one. Yeah, there's a lot of people saying it, but this guy just said it. There's people thinking Shanahan's just never going to be able to have the football gods be in his favor. I mean, he has to sit there and be thinking like, man, are you kidding me? Right? You saw him. He was going crazy on the refs, obviously, and his quarterback. Like, yeah, it'd be tough the whole year, everything. It was like a magical year, and then that's how it ends. That's what sucks so bad. Coach's ass off. Four-string quarterback. Yeah, it's tough. Mr. Irrelevant. The hottest team in the NFL. Uh, the Eagles, I guess. Same. Same. All four of those teams. But just mm-hmm. so hot at the end of the season. Nobody wanted nope. to fucking touch them. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody wants a piece of this defense. Nobody wants a piece of this offense. We got Mr. Irrelevant slinging this thing more efficiently than anybody else in the league right now. Shanahan's got to feel good. And then, obviously, first quarter, full destruction of my yeah. team. First what? drive. Yeah. Oh, Bosa gets hit with a cleat from a gunner? What? what? <laughs> What? Yeah, he bruised his – not going to be able to get off as fast. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Yeah, he was standing there like every other human that has ever played football does. This particular time, uh, our guy picked the guy up, tossed him. Great – it was actually an incredible, incredible, yeah. like, block move. And the way it hit Bose's leg, it wasn't like – this is not merely a flesh wound. No, mm-hmm. it actually – it fucking gouged him pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hit a tendon in there. A little bit of a bruise. He's not going to... It's like, how does all of this just happen in the first fucking quarter? I mean, that is a nightmare to think about if you're a Niners fan. More specifically, <laughs> Niners coach. Mm-hmm. More specifically, Kyle Shanahan, who saw 28-3 right in front of him. Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? I'm sure he's thinking about that. Well, you know, like, and when you've been there, and he hasn't, he hasn't won the Super Bowl as the coach yet, but... He's been there. He knows, like, okay, we got to restart this whole thing over again. The off season, everything, and then you Back even the know, years. like, yeah, the regular season doesn't really matter. It just puts us in position of where we want to get to in the postseason. It's just tough. It's a, how it, it comes at such a fast end. It is, and it shows you how truly difficult it is to actually get there and win a Super Bowl. Easy come, easy go. This league is. That's why if we're in the middle of a dynasty run for the Chiefs or the Bengals, that could potentially build a dynasty, or the Eagles yeah. just starting one. I mean, there is so many things that could take place. Um, you got to enjoy it when you have it, and when you got to restart it, oh, what a daunting task that stares down Kyle Shanahan, who will fight relentlessly for that grasp of the Lombardi. Mm-hmm. But at moments when he lays his head down, he has to think, what the fuck did I do to you, to the football guts? Yeah. I would assume at some point he has to think that. Well, and it's so easy to be like, well, they'll be back next year because they'll still have a great defense, and same with the Bengals. Maybe. They'll be the same exact team. Both those teams are losing so many guys, or at least have contracts they have to figure out if they Joey, don't lose. You got to pay T. Yeah, the Bengals are. I mean, Jesse. Ba- well, there's no guarantee of anything. Those, sure. those guys. Well, injuries, know. dude. Look at the first quarter of that game. You lose two quarterbacks. That that happens in any game. You're fucked. Yeah. yeah. Let, let alone championship game. Right. You had the Eagles covering. Congratulations, AJ. One one. I want one, two. I'm a little bit of Schneid. You know they're uh... a little bit of Schneid. But nobody could have predicted Philadelphia Eagles by 24. What's that? Uh, no, you, you know they are now what three sacks away from the all-time record in the season. So good, dude. Postseason doesn't count though, does it? Including postseason, they're like three away from the 84, oh, okay, 85 good. Bears. They have like 78. Or but I'm, you know, postseason stats don't count for a lot of these. Uh, it's dumb. Very. Vinatieri. Has the all-time leading points. None of none of the playoff points count, and he's the all-time leading scorer in playoffs as well. So, like, yeah, that'd be quite the wide, widen that margin mm-hmm. quite a bit. I yeah. I would assume, yeah, would be tough to get. And I'm like, oh, so the most important points don't count. Hardest ones to get, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. He won five for five against Baltimore. 
fifteen nine win or something like that in like divisional round game or whatever. People he was forget. on all those teams that he was on all the teams that went far into the playoffs yeah. for like over a decade and a half. Like just that's gonna be tough to do. But none of those playoff points count at all. No, people forget that he won the uh, Raiders game on a kick. People just watch the overtime one and think that's the winner. Oh, you're ta- yeah, you're talking a about lot the tie, the times, yeah. tie, and then win as well. Exactly. That's just yeah. When we watched it, I didn't. I completely forgot that the winner was easy. That is how he described. I really it. forgot about the tying one. Same. Yeah. Uh, let's, now that we're in the kicking vein, let's talk about Brett Kern getting fucked. Can we? Hell yeah! Absolutely. Brett Kern, longtime punter for the Tennessee Titans. I got a chance to watch him work for a long time. I learned from Brett Kern. I tried to mimic Brett Kern some of the things he did. Not my entire motion or punt, but what he did whenever he catches snaps. He used to, like, lock in like you were almost pulling back the uh, trigger of a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, he just pulls that thing back or whatever. Hammer lock, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the hammer. hammer, the hammer yep. of a, a gun. He kind of had that, so I wanted to mimic because he was a robot. So whenever he got signed to the Eagles, I'm like, of course, they get one of the greats of all time. Brett Kern, one of the greatest of all time, had a uh, poster on the side of the Tennessee Titans stadium. Only like six players get it. Brett Kern was one of them because of how fucking good he was at punting. I guess he just chilled and didn't want to join any other team. He lost out to a rookie who was obviously much cheaper and murders the football down there. So Brett Kern goes to Philadelphia. I was excited for the Philadelphia Eagles and for Brett Kern because this is a team that can go on a run. And in the NFC Championship, Mm. Brett Kern is the latest victim of positionism. These refs, these production companies, these networks hate kickers and punters. They want to abolish you from the game. Mm -hmm. They get commentators to talk about how dumb kicking is, how dumb punting is. Get rid of the extra point. Get rid of the kickoff. Get rid of the punt. Now they disguise it in the vein of safety in players' health, but they don't go out against Thursday night games. They don't go out against other things that are certainly discouraging for players' health. They hate kickers and punters. We can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. Only time you're getting run on any highlight is when the highlight's happening against you. Okay? Punt return, against you. Going to be on a highlight. You pinning somebody at the one, never going to be on a highlight, never going to be talked about. Networks always want to bury you. Now, there's a physical altercation between a football and a Skycam cable Mm. just because they wanted to take Brett Kern down a couple notches. Fox and the crew that runs this Skycam heard about that poster that's on the side of the Tennessee Titans Stadium. They heard that Brett Kern was popular. They heard that Brett Kern was a game changer, and they said, not on the biggest stage. We're going to fucking kill you. How are you going to be able to kill a punter? They said, we're going to do something nobody's ever done before. We're going to purposely get our Skycam cable in the direct trajectory of the punt, break it up and make it look like he shanked it off the side of his foot. Same. Well, job well done, Fox. Hope you're happy. And Hussey said, we weren't able to actually see, which is very fair. Yeah, it was tough. Very, very fair. This is really the only thing we have. Let's look at it. Brett Kern is this man right here. He's the guy that has the poster on the side of the stadium yeah. mm-hmm. down in Tennessee. He hits a ball. Great drop, by the way. Nice short steps. Holds on to the ball almost until his plant foot is down. Younger punters, why don't we look at that? Hold on to the ball a little bit longer. You can control the drop better whenever you do as such. That ball's still touching his hand. He doesn't let go until about right there. And that's incredible for him. Okay? Just for you future punters. Then he hits a rocket. Now, it was breezy, so he had to hit a little bit lower. 
Look at the trajectory on that ball. That's a nice spiral. Nice yeah. tight spiral. Gorgeous. You know why it's a nice tight spiral? Because Brett Kern works his ass off on getting a tight spiral. If you and your friends were to go in the backyard and punt a football, it's not going to be as tight of a spiral as often as Brett Kern because all Brett Kern works on is his drop and his swing to get a nice fucking tight spiral. You might be able to throw a football, though. When a ball has that tight of a spiral, what's it probably going to do? Turn over. Mm. When you hit a fucking nuke. Like this. Low one. First, uh, his first punt was a low liner that ended up bouncing into the end zone as opposed to going out of bounds at the one, which it could have. And then you clearly see that thing oh. stop what it's doing. Wait a minute. Turn sideways and then take a duck, hook, dog, leg, left turn directly out of bounds. And then you see this guy who's oh, yeah. probably a part of the special teams uh, team probably a special teams assistant or maybe even the special teams coach immediately go, hey, yo, hey, excuse me. That fucking thing hit something there. And there's another person saw the same thing pointing at the sky cam. And then Brett Kern says, excuse me, hit the sky. Jake Elliott, best, probably best friends of Brett Kern, punter for the Eagles. He's probably watching the punt because afterwards they're going to talk about the punt on the sideline, about what he did, what he could have done different. Jake probably watching his drop saying, hey, I saw you maybe drop it a little bit because you can help each other during the game. Jake Elliott says, whoa, whoa, hey, that fuck. Anybody that was on the field that was watching the ball because it's their job to watch the ball all pointed up at Skycam cable. So that led me to believe it probably hit Skycam cable. Now, that thing goes out, very short punt. The Eagles win. Niners weren't able to take advantage of this. But Brett Kern's stats, forever affected. Mm-hmm. Forever affected. And there's probably some Johns over there in Philadelphia who think this guy might stink at punting. But I do believe he was attacked by a Skycam cable. Not the first, won't be the last. And this is just the most recent addition of positionism happening within the NFL, AJ. Whoa. Well, I have a couple questions. My first question that just popped into my mind when we started watching that, we – we, they told us, what, last week or two weeks ago, we found out that they have chips in all these footballs, right, that yep. track every single movement. What if they dialed up the chip? Mm-hmm. They said, oh, this thing all of a sudden was traveling at 85 miles an hour and all of a sudden does a left-hand turn and is traveling 32 miles an hour. Does yeah, that I don't give know. you enough evidence S- to Somebody should you? ask Hussey about that. Yeah. Right. I like Hussey as a ref, okay? I like him. I think he's a good ref. I think the way he explains it, everybody back to the sidelines. Back mm-hmm. to the sidelines, please. Back to your sidelines. Not a bad idea. Let's go voice of God here. Yep. Let's let everybody know what I'm thinking and what they're watching is not what we want to be happening. We're not just going to blow our whistles aimlessly and nobody's listening to. So I think he's good. Now, some of the people on his crew certainly fucked up, you know, certainly have made mistakes. He's made mistakes, but I think he handles things well. Him saying with certainty we couldn't tell, that's also okay. But I think we should just maybe think about those sky cams, uh getting the fuck out of the way yeah. you know like maybe They're supposed behind. to be aren't they supposed to be about right behind the punter and then follow the ball after it goes yeah and i assume but i guess the cables are kind of the, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how many times yeah, has this place. happened so i hit one in college i hit one in college i um roll right punt rocket beautiful mm. hits that thing breaks up loses probably 15 yards mm-hmm. but stays in bounds i mean it was still you know what i mean yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Still a great ball. Still, still went like 40 yards probably, 41 yards. So It happened this year again. Me too. bitching about it, like nobody really mm-hmm. – nobody's watching the ball. Like it's right. not really something that happens. Commentators sometimes will see the ball. So like I think there was a chance maybe Olsen could have sure. uh, saved it. Mm-hmm. Olsen could have been like, I saw, I watched it. Nobody's really watching the ball though. You know, you see the punt go, ooh, and then if it hits a little tiny – 
those things are supposed to be see-through, right? You're not supposed to see them. It's just, it's a tough thing. I just want, I wanted to be on the record letting Brett Kern know that. You know. We know. You got screwed, Brett. You got screwed. Every, it was pretty apparent. Was anyone saying no, it didn't hit it? Hussie. Yeah. yeah. All, yeah. No. You, tweet, the reps. you tweeted yeah, the it. Like any fans? Are any fans saying that? No, I think everybody's on his side. This is just, yeah. this is just me to leak. You know what I mean? No. Why didn't they do the Skycam angle? Like you, you asked just like a little bit question. of a vibration. I was going to say you'd assume that, yeah, that would always show up on there. Well, the Skycam doesn't want to be on a record as being no, in the no. way of a game. And these Skycam right. people are incredibly talented. Oh, yeah, no question. And it has added yeah. such a great dynamic to football. Yep. Shout out to the first XFL for bringing in Skycam. I am a Skycam fan. With that being said, get out of the way. Punter's working. Is that an automatic repunt, or do you get the choice? Yeah, so I think yeah. whenever the Jerry Jones um, – scoreboard thing came in and they hit it and then they had to make a rule it's a redown i think if there's any sort of in sky yeah something altercation i think is how it's worded i yep. swear it's happened this year before maybe it's happened it's people happened alleged that it happened to mac jones earlier in the season he threw a pass that came down like a duck and a lot of folks online were Zito. zooming in trying to say, Zito. hey, that was Mac hitting the sky cam. Did you see how fast Zito started shaking his head there? Nothing. As soon as Nick started talking, hey, no, not the case. <laughs> what was it? That was just the sky that beat up Mac Jones? It was a bad bar, good defense? Some bad hands on that kid. Oh, geez. We don't know that. Apparently bad coaching. Did you hear that Albert Breer report out of the New England Patriots is that Bill Belichick, on the record, documented, was a part of the offensive play calling and offensive scheming this year. I think we all assume that was the case because he's Bill Belichick and he's the head coach might be paying attention more to the offense side of the ball. Albert Breer wrote it today on the Monday morning quarterback uh, presented by Sports Illustrated. Bingo. Albert Breer said that Bill Belichick was a part of play calling and that's why sometimes the plays weren't getting down until very late. Mm. So now that this is being reported and then there was a report last week that from within the building said Bill Belichick completely fucked us this year. There's also a report that Bill was getting involved in play calling because he acknowledged that the Joe Judge Matt Patricia experiment was not working. So all signs seemingly pointing to next year, having correctable things that you guys don't suck again on offense and aren't a laughing stock. Connor, when you ever hear this, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's kind of the same as last week. It's you know never good when you go into the offseason you don't win the Super Bowl for any team, but now that Bill O'Brien's back, it's almost like, hey, last year was the fluke year. Like That was something that we've never experienced. It's something that hopefully we never experience again. And also, all the words out of the East-West Shrine camp is that Bill O'Brien is legitimately the most vocal guy with all the quarterbacks and with the offenses as a whole when they all come together. So He Billy, came back in as an alpha, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Billy OB coming back is legitimately going to completely change the New England Patriots. AJ, I think we had assumed that Bill Belichick was calling plays at some point or a part of the offense. I think this is the first time we had heard about it officially or no? Am I wrong in thinking that? Yeah, people assumed that he was. I don't know how – Like, yeah, I would like to know how much input he has, and I can understand them having some hiccups getting calls in late. Like, the more people you get involved in that process – you're going to have some issues, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so, too. Congrats to the Patriots fans. You guys are back. Hell yeah. It's going to be a tough AFC, though. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes, who's still that motherfucking guy, and people need to not forget that. Yeah. we got an incredible show this week coming up, I think. A couple of them. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I believe Aaron's on tomorrow. Here we go. He's just getting traded, huh, AJ? No. Sounds like it. I don't know. What did Shefty say? Shefty had his bonded hat Shefty on. Shefty said, today. yeah, he's yeah. gone. Shefty said real possibility, and then he also said it's a real possibility he's staying. So, a couple of real possibilities. Great. Yeah. Great. A couple of real so, I mean, there's a lot of real possibilities if you think about the world and just the history. Things have happened that none of us could have ever expected. So anything potentially real possibility. When it comes from Schefter, though, 
feels like the real possibility is the lease in a hypothesis situation because it's educated a little bit by inside sources. And a lot of AFC teams need quarterbacks. I just don't buy it. And also the AFC thing. Like now, the I, I could really see – like if he were to get traded, I think he would be pining – to go to the 49ers big time, given the uncertainty oh, with no. Brock Purdy and stuff like that. I don't think they'd do it because like the Niners have the been uh, pretty much if Banksy went to, when Banksy you know, went from the Hawks to the Muddy Ducks. But I don't think they'd do it because the Niners have been you know, their kryptonite. But if he has any say in the matter, I think he'd much rather go to fucking San Francisco than the Jets. Yeah, but what? They, they got no first. What about uh? They could send uh Colts? Yeah, if they shoot Jeff Saturday from a cannon into the sun and hire someone else, then maybe he'll come here. What is this guy's deal? Did you hear Schefter this morning say that he thought that the reason why the Colts were interviewing so many head coaches candidates because they were trying to bring somebody in that Jim Mercer would maybe get his eye off of Jeff Saturday? (laughs) So that's what Schefter basically said. Schefter said that they were bringing in, hey, this guy knows how to play a guitar, Jim. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jim, this guy knows how to play a guitar. And Jim's like, "Uh, is he in our ring of honor? No. No. Okay. All right, hey, this guy, great defense. Also, also, poet. This guy's got Pretty some. cool. Like you. Cool. Loves work. Cool, oh, let me read some of those. First, Not I don't do haikus. <laughs> <laughs> like, allegedly, that's what's taking place, AJ. That's what Schefter alluded to in his punditry hat, dude. So, Jim Mercer just really loves Jeff, and he wants to bring Jeff Saturday back to coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff has what all. What if it works? What if it works? Jeff has all the traits of being a great head coach in Jim Mercer's mind. Jim Mercer is mm-hmm. the owner. 100% of the team. So in Jim Irsay's mind, he sees somebody that he thinks could be the next great head coach of the NFL. The Lombardi might be changed this Saturday, even though the game's played on Sunday. Sure. That's what Jim Irsay's thinking. That's what he's sold on. I've known Jeff a long time. He did the deal for the CBA. This guy knows. He understands. Yeah. Like, everything. And allegedly, Chris Ballard's like, I'll do my due diligence. And Cliff is like, this is a bear upside down with honey. Maybe, huh? We like it. Get that out of my fucking face. All right. These are some CBD gummies. They're great. And Jeff, Jim's like, get those useless fucking sugar things out of here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what about this? This thing's got one gram of carbs. And Jim's like, get, I need zero. Get that the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's what's going on. That's, that's wild. I would love to be behind the scenes oh. and watching the whole process happen. That would be really fun. I'd like to own a team outright. Sorry, what were you going to say? Is it Ballard trying to sell these coaches to Jim? So, yeah, so I think these coaches, yeah. it's very different than an actual interview when, with Ballard. <laughs> Guys come in who are obviously talented. Wink Martindale was in for a, an interview. Chris goes, listen, I'd hire you today. I need you to arm me with things that could sell Jim Irsay on you being his head coach. Mm-hmm. For instance... What is your favorite album? <laughs> what is your favorite? Wild. What is your? If that's how this is going, did he tell him to? What did he tell him things to stay away from when you meet Mister Ursay? Like, hey, he is not a fan of the Rolling Stones. Like, does he tell him things? He's not he talk like? about him. He's a Beatles that guy. house. Hey, listen, when you go to shake his hand, make sure you lock in. He, if you go out early, Jim will never respect mm-hmm. you. Look him in the eye. He's paying attention. And do not, I repeat. Do not sneeze or chew gum in that room. You need to sneeze. You have an aneurysm before that thing gets out. All right? For the both of us, fucking good luck in there, Wink. Chris is just sitting outside the office. Hi, two. All right. All right. Shit. 
Let's bring it in the 18th coach. Mm-hmm. Well, is that what's taking place? We're never going. When are we going to find out? Oh, it could be months. Yeah, it could Whatever. be years. I mean, I feel like once the franchise yeah. really tanks into dust, and then there's going to have to be an explanation of like how did we get here. I think that is when we find out. Oh, that's why we were that bad for 50 years. All right. Well, let's be a little bit more positive. Let's assume Jeff Saturday yeah. is exactly what Jim Irsay thinks. Jim Irsay's been in the NFL longer than you've been alive. That's All right. right. I agree. And Jeff Saturday also said, if I'm not good at this, I, you know, I'll say goodbye. And then he went one and seven and said, I want a 10-year contract. And you're being a mark. You're judging the results, not the process. Maybe the greatness was on the other side. Have you seen a rookie head coach maybe come in and suck completely? And then finally the culture settles in and they turn it completely around all the time. So maybe you need not be a mark, dude. I agree. If there's a Joe Burrow in this draft class and I'm somehow missing it, then yes, there is a chance. Well, Aaron Rodgers, he's available. So True. What if we get Aaron Rodgers here in Indianapolis? I think you need to get that thought way out of your Far mind. out of your head. Yeah. That would be very I think you though. need to start falling in love with Bill Levis. Yeah. <laughs> or else you are going I love to Will Levis. Yeah. Guy puts mayonnaise in his coffee. That's he, right. He eats bananas with the peel on. Mm-hmm. I like that he's an independent thinker. Yeah. But I think the reason why I like the fact that he's an independent thinker is because there is another independent thinker who's gone on to become yeah. a Mount Rushmore quarterback in the history of the NFL that we've got to know. And I'd rather that one than the new one. But I'll tell you what, oh, yeah. Aaron would love Indianapolis. There's a $35 million home right out of Italy, right in downtown Indianapolis with 15 acres and a lake on it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Thank you, Smoke. Aaron, you can live in a museum. Yeah. Oh, is that is that old buddies? Yeah. No, no. Tony Stewart? No. No, no. Tony has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a different one. Tony has no idea what he's talking about. Oh, it's Tone, on Lake. Tone lives... Smoke Stewart. He's got a hell of a house. He has a Cabela's house. He does. Mm-hmm. Actual waterfall and a fishing yeah, I pond. Saw, I've seen him on YouTube. It's awesome. Sweet. $40 million or something they're trying to sell that for. Oh, yeah. It's an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half south of Indianapolis. I'm talking right in the middle of downtown Indianapolis. There is a museum that is for sale that is a house that has a full lake. It's beautiful. I'm sure they would let Aaron stay in it for free. I'm sure of it. I don't know who owns it. I don't know anything about it. I'm sure they would just let him... Right, AJ? People do that all the time. Downtown, it's downtown Indy, so all the guys that, uh, that con man is spying on with his binoculars are going to be roaming the ground? No. It's just like any booming city, there's places, you know, around every city. Okay? That's what makes a city a city. In that particular place, it's its own area, yeah. plus around it all. So many. There's, uh, it's like an arts, basically, district there. Mm-hmm. You're talking about... Five-star restaurants everywhere. Right. They just have yeah. them in there every single day. That's right. Always 70 somehow. They got a little bit of a dome over top of it over there. It's perfect. Team's ready to go. Aaron's a Colt next year. What are you talking about? Get it out of my mind. I mean, I just don't want your heart to get broken when you got fucking Jeff Saturday and Bill Levis yeah. you know, at that press conference, and that's the new Eric Colts. How's the team ready to go? I thought they were ready to go this year. And the year before. Yeah. So how is Why are we talking about this now? when Matt Ryan's still under contract? It's <laughs> a good point. Good question. Yeah. All right, AJ, how much money are you giving away on this every action Monday before we get out of here? Oh, man. What do you say? Uh, 12 people, 500 bucks? Okay. Boom. Boom. From you? Yep. Put All on right. a tab, Phil. Nice guy. <laughs> well, just take it out of the check. There we go. Put him a tab. Yeah, we'll do a deduction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll deduct it from your check. You got to let me write the check, then I can write it off then, right? No, it's oh, like right. the NFL. We take it and we tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's going, you know. 
That's a charity. How they've been able to get away with that for so long is fantastic. You know, everybody wants to get mad about the rig thing. That's because of how bad the refs are. They think that the refs are so bad that it's on purpose. That's that's awesome. Let's let's start going after other stuff that we don't necessarily, you know, with the same. Yeah. Because we might be able to change officiating. Let's do the fine money goes to charity. Which ones? Let's see yeah. exactly where those are. Yeah, and yeah. Can we, can the player not get the donation or for the refs? Does it just have to go? It's an interesting thing. That's been that's been a long time. I just talked about this person's been fined a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That money will go to charity and then just move on to the next one. It's like, why don't they announce how much money they've donated mm. from terrible deeds on a football field? No kidding. Feels right. like that, that would be a good. You know what I mean? The NFL yeah. and its players with their fuck ups have donated. $27 million to, boom, various charities or whatever, you know? Pretty cool. That would be. That's a good thing. Yeah. How, how come they haven't done that? Yeah, they, they don't care. About the PR, they just want to give to give. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, either that yeah, or those nope. executives, or that fucking year-end party at Dave & Buster's, and that's what all that money's going to. <laughs> oh, the fines Dave collected do not go to the NFL, but instead are donated through the NFL Foundation to assist legends in need. Programs are mutually agreed upon by the NFL and NFLPA and the CBA. Since 2011, about $4 million a year has been used to assist former players. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. That's when Drew Brees what about got the other $20 million. million. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> it's, what, what, what is that? What Don't was hit that? Bill. Do not hit Bill. Billy Pitts looks good, doesn't he? Hey, he's been doing hey boy, two Bill. days. Hey, Billy. Keep going, Bill. Hold on, Bill. i got to take a picture of you Eight. taking pictures. Eight. So. What's that, Tone? What's that? He posts a picture every day on the internet <laughs> just to make sure people know that he's working out. Who? Well, he's holding himself accountable. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, that's good. You, you want other people to hold you accountable as well. That's like speaking something into existence. It puts more pressure on you to execute the task. Tone. It's not how my brain works. Fuck you, Tone. All right, I got you. Hell yeah, Bill. Good job. Aw. Ooh. Ooh. Not bad. Kind of slipped out of my hand there. got the bounce back. Oh! Here we go. Come on, AJ. This is the one. It's a big old ball on a tee over there to your right that I didn't, or your left, I guess, I didn't see earlier. Yeah, it's a new. <laughs> Jeez. Pretty sweet. This thing is Whoa. new. This thing's brand new. This thing, uh. Can you kick it? So, yeah. I don't believe it is mobile. Yeah. Can't get it off oh, the tee. Oh, no. This thing's big, though, huh? Sweet. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. Dude, look at that. Terrible tee. This is like a tee out of the 90s or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because you just fucking bang. If you want to hit the ball, you got to fucking pow. I want to punt pass and kick with this tee, though, so I've got a little bit of nostalgia. History. But this thing's awesome. Pretty sturdy, somebody. Oh, yeah. It's nice. And they also got all the indentations. Yeah, they must have one. Yeah. Have to. Look at that. They're hard to get. Exact replica. Uh, I'm being told that the people that created this also built Peyton Manning's statue down there outside Lucas Oil Stadium. Really? Oh, nice. shit. Shout out to, I believe the man's name on the card was Armando Lanucci. Oh. Oh. I looked at it one time right before we went live. This thing just got here. We mm -hmm. moved it. Pies on like us. Lanuti. Oh. Lanuti, oh. not Lanucci. Oh. Armando Lanuti. Hey, shout out, dude. That's cool. Pretty sturdy. That is sweet. I just kicked the shit out. I kicked that pretty hard. Sweet. Still good. We don't need a bunch of statues, though. No, let's, uh, that's about it. Let's make sure that is not a... Jesus, we're going to get a... Everybody's so nice. Tomorrow. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. but don't, don't. You get a Joe DiNardo statue. No, That'd be sick. Now we're talking. Okay. 
We could do that. You hear that, Looney? <laughs> right out front. That'd be awesome. Right out front. Him, him waving hello. Maybe there's like a yeah. Him like yeah. pointing to like the Doppler oh, or something. Please. We need a TV. Please. He's holding the TV screen with today's weather. So, boom. Maybe that's at the gate with an intercom at his mouth. Yep. <laughs> with the screen yep. with mm-hmm. the Doppler on it, mm-hmm. and then his mouth is yeah. the hello, welcome to the dome. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, you're make right. Make it happen. I was being so negative there for a second asking for nothing. That would definitely make this place better. For sure. Yeah. Armando, get on it. All right, Lanuti. <laughs> Good luck out there. <laughs> the job done. Come on. Ah! It's championship day yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Championship. On to the Super Bowl. Still got it. All right. That feels good. Oh, fuck. Can't got it. Still close. Can't got it. Just going to look and throw, AJ. You know, you got to look. You got it. Just let that thing go, man. Stop aiming. This guy sucks. That was good. (laughs) That was pretty close. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. The guy missed the back. Wait, wait. Oh. AJ, how many winners? 15. 12, wasn't it? No, no, 15, I think, because of how hard it is. It's a full-court shot. Yeah, yeah. Is, you're right. It is level of difficulty, yes, 15. Okay. Wow. Oh, this guy. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Boys, Perfect. team. Jacked him up. Got him all jacked off. Yeah. <laughs> sucked him up into that one. Yeah, I did. I sucked so, him up. So sucked him up. Bro, you I sucked him up with the fakes. Yep. You've been on a play. Grow up. Grow up, guys. Sucked him up. Knock him down. Oh. oh. Right there. Golly. Boom, bang. Oh. oh. We're running out of opportunities, AJ. You want to make that 20? <laughs> want to make it 20? Yes, they get 20. 20 uh, people, 501 merch. Give one merch. Oh. oh. See what I just did again? Sucked him up again. Fucking that's idiot. I, that's my ceiling, though. That's the ceiling. Oh, oh come okay. on. I'm going to be seeing Phil next week, probably, I think. I don't know. And he's going to try to fight me. Oh, oh, oh shit. Fucked him back up. That man. was the one. I thought it was in. Put it in. Here kick we go. That, kick that Gilbert. I, I blame me. It's a rugby ball. That will end up being the thing <laughs> if this does not go. 20 winners of $500 and one merch. merch. All you got to do is retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put your cash tag in the same reply so we can pay you officially on Cash App. This is all coming from that man, Aaron James Hawk Ooh. of Ohio, Centerville more specifically. What? what a hero. What a guy. Here we go. bang Thank you all for watching. Thank you to Schefter for stopping by. Thank you to Michael Cole for stopping by. Thank you to Drew Garrison. We'll be back tomorrow with an Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Be a friend, tell a friend, say something nice to somebody. Goodbye.